0: Is Righteous Jesse, and you're listening to Wrestling Fucking Cheers where everybody knows your motherfucking
1: name!
0: And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And it's time for our annual Christmas special. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network. But I kind of forgot that, uh, yeah, we like, this is Wrestling Cheers. We like to preview shows, review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is our annual Christmas episode with Righteous Jesse. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest territory, please rate, review, and subscribe. Your ever listens, find podcast, whether it be Apple podcast, Google podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon music, or Podbean bean, dot Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email. If you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. Like I said, this is the annual Yearly fifth year in a row Christmas special with Righteous Jesse. Jesse, how's it going this evening?
2: Man, I uh, I'm a little tired, but I'm feeling really great. Uh, excited to uh, keep the tradition alive, man. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, five years, man.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think of things I've done five years consecutively. Aside from <laughs> wrestling shows and date Britney.
0: Yeah, I think I think Britney's like your uh, probably longest stretch to something you've uh, been involved with.
2: Yeah, we uh, we I think we just celebrated six years. Uh, I I can say think and not be in trouble because she also looked at me and was like, are we coming up on six years? (laughs) And I was like, it's six or seven. And she was like, well, we'll say it's six. So (laughs) neither one of us really know at this point, but it's been a great ride. So I've loved every year of it.
0: See, I, I wish I had enough time to, like, listen to the past four years of episodes. I did listen to last year's at least so I could at least listen to something just to get to figure out like where we were on stuff. But I would love to know what you were doing job wise the past five years around Christmas, because uh, I don't know if there's like two in a row that were the same.
2: Ooh, maybe Jenny's uh, when I worked for Jenny's splendid ice creams, I was there for, uh, I think altogether about three years. Okay. Uh, so it probably would have been between Jenny's or innovative percussion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, those are the two that really stick out because yeah, last year I was a Jenny's the year before, probably the year before, and then the other two were probably innovative.
0: <laughs> but then, like you've you've changed like other stuff. Like last year at, at this time, you know, you were do yeah, uh, maybe it was your second year in a row of yeah, uh, VHS. Why am I?
2: I don't know if I'm on if I was on two or three years at this point. COVID really, yeah, uh, really just messed all that up. Like me remembering years and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's so hard to keep track. Like I I am actually pretty thankful that I have stepped as far back from wrestling as I have because I have a hard enough tr- time keeping track of like things going on day to day now with danger zone and everything. Uh, I couldn't keep track of bookings and all that other stuff on top of it at this point. It's My life is busier than it's ever been. Uh, probably in the best possible way because now I'm not like, I'm not burnt out like I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was towards the tail end of me doing like all the wrestling stuff I was doing. I was, I was having fun, but I was really burnt out. It just like mm-hmm. some of those shots, those drives and stuff just really took a lot out of me. And I, I probably sound like a fucking whiny crybaby to some people that do these drives for nothing, but you know, like I was driving for work too. Uh, something you can relate to. Yeah uh so to drive for work and then other people's driving makes me sick so like physically <laughs> ill yep. so i had to drive uh it was just i'm i'm very happy that i've stepped back i'm in i'm in a place with wrestling now where i really enjoy my spot i don't want anything else and i don't need anything else because everything i i want i get out of danger zone so
0: i've been like that for a good long time the whole fact of uh other people's driving makes you sick i i'm telling you like maybe since like the mid two thousands. Like mm-hmm. I think it's definitely some point after I started to drive. Like, I think I had moments of it when I was younger, but like they were rare and I, I couldn't pinpoint them. But like after I learned how to drive and I was driving a lot of places, but I have ever had those moments that someone else was driving. Like I, like there were people that weren't just, they just flat out weren't good drivers.
2: Yes. And <laughs> I've had a lot of friends that flat out weren't good drivers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, uh, before I realized I was somebody that needed Dramamine before I got in the car with most people, Mm uh, I didn't know, like, I didn't know what to do. I did. I thought there was, I don't know. I didn't know what was wrong with anything. Uh, I just remember it, it mostly happened in the winter when people would have the heat on. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was a combination of just like being overheated and terrible driving. Uh, but Dramamine pretty much fixed all that for me.
0: I was always told about Germany, but I'd never, I've never tried it now. I'm definitely, it's like, no, if we're going somewhere. I'm driving like mm-hmm. flat out. Like what, when I, r- I really learned like what it was, was when, after I went to CDL school and like, I kind of like changed up my driving and I was able to like pinpoint things. And the, one of the things that I'll never forget, I was with my ex and like, she was driving. Cause like at that point. I mean, she was definitely the breadwinner in our relationship at this point because I hadn't necessarily uh, got a lot of money from truck driving. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, she had, like, a a job that she had to go to grad school for. So uh, I was in the passenger seat and I noticed, like, she was, like, driving, like, too close to, like, a truck in front of us or something. And, like, I realized, like, her doing, like, maybe, like, any type of, like, sudden stops Mm -hmm. was fucking with me. And I remember being telling her, like, no, you you need to back off that uh, off of them. And she kind of like argued with me for a second, but at the same time, she was like, she was like backing away from it. So yeah, oh, like, and I've, that's what I've like noticed with like with like people that do those like really like quick stops uh, because they're following too close, or whether they are at a a red light and when it hits green, they just like floor on put the accelerator to the floor like it's just like all this like quick movement and quick stopping. It's just yep. like, ugh.
2: it's so jarring. And like, I'll, uh, here's a, here's a fun story for you. Uh, we did, I'm trying to remember what show it was, we did a show, a sub show with Jeff Cobb. Um, and I was responsible for taking me to the airport after the store yeah. or after the, the show. Fine. Um, and, uh, I had a headache already. Um, because I also like, I don't really drink anymore either. Uh, This has come up quite a bit recently. Uh, I don't drink really anymore. Uh, I've noticed that if I have like two drinks, then I get this really sharp headache. So I've just stopped drinking to eliminate that. I get headaches enough as it is. I don't need to just like have a self-induced one. Um, But anyway, I had like two or three white claws that day and felt a headache coming on. Tried to combat it. Um, Was completely sober by the time I took Jeff to the airport, but like I was also in my Chevy Aveo that didn't have air conditioning. Oh. So we're driving down the interstate dead of summer. And uh, I'm like white as a ghost and I'm like cold sweating. And I'm pretty sure poor Jeff Cobb thought I was on just like some crazy cocktail of drugs, but I was really just trying not to vomit in mm. like on him or near him. So uh, I dropped him off at the airport and like flew home. And, uh, literally as soon as I put my car in park, just open the door and puked. Uh, so man, yeah, I, uh, I don't drink really anymore. It's very rare when I do, like I'm planning to have like some whiskey nog soon. Mm. Uh, Cause that's like, gotta do that. But, uh, drinking and, uh, other people's driving the quickest ways to make me sick for the most part.
0: I was about to say are you, are you turning into straight edge, Jesse? No,
2: there, there are other activities that I still partake in on a damn near daily basis. <laughs> uh, especially now that I'm my own boss. Uh, but uh, no, mad respect for the straight edge community. Uh, some of my best friends are still straight edge, but uh, not, not for me these days.
0: Was, was Wilkman straight edge? Still is. Okay. That's what I, what I thought.
2: Him and uh, Kevin Ku both.
0: Yeah. Kevin is the one that taught me what straight edge actually was. Cause I always just thought like, Oh, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I'm, str- I'm straight edge, but I didn't realize there, there was a, the music aspect of it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Learn something new. every
2: yeah. day. Yeah. He, uh, <clears throat> he's, uh, those are my two, uh, my two edge friends that I can think of off the top of my, head. I'm, I know I have more. I just can't think of who they are. Cause oddly enough, like now that I don't go to as many hardcore, well, I guess it's really not that odd, but now that I don't go to as many hardcore shows, uh, I don't like straight edge doesn't come up often. Like that's the thing I love about Koo and Wilkes like they're not constantly like I'm straight edge, you know, mm-hmm. it's like there, there are some really good jokes that come out of it though. Like Wilkes will see somebody get drunk or like he'll send like a fight video or something where somebody's just obliterated and have a great one liner about like should have been straight edge or something. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the last time he's done that, but like there was an instance where that happened and it was really funny. And it's like, well, yeah, if, if you aren't a drunk asshole, then you do have less of a chance of getting your shit rocked for being an asshole.
0: I miss Wilkman.
2: I do too. I don't see him enough. I've only seen only him. He lives like 45 minutes to an hour away from me.
0: I've only seen him once, so. <laughs> but nonetheless, like finally meeting him was a was definitely a cool experience. I love that guy.
2: He's such a wild card. Uh, I I really miss road trips with him and Brittany. Like that was some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Uh, Just like doing like the uh the like gag throw up prank and then realizing that he would throw up if i did it uh found that out i think at a walmart parking lot. i don't even remember where we were but in a like at a walmart in the middle of the night uh he's i don't know if he still has this thing but like he had this thing where if you said cough he would just have to cough
0: mm. uh, we <laughs> did it
2: I, We i think we did it on an interview like way early and the guy that we were interviewing was like, whoa, piss your pants, trying to get him to piss his pants. Uh, <laughs> that was a fun one.
0: I had a, I had a friend that was like that of like, if he heard somebody throwing up or he heard like just that like puke noise, mm-hmm. he, he would get, he would like start to want to throw up. And uh, he was, I used to play Xbox with him. It was me, him, this other dude. And this other dude was actually really good at making that noise oh god and yeah. <laughs> we would then fuck with them and then you would just hear him go like stop it stop, stop it <laughs> He's got <gonna> to puke <laughs> oh my god that yeah yeah I, so some days i I kind of miskick out it too
2: same uh if we uh we uh, you know and honestly it's funny that that comes up uh we had talked about for a while like right before we opened danger zone like just doing an episode to see how it felt just to like if anybody was going to listen, like catch them up on everything we've done because we've all done so many different things since. Um, but timing just got away from us. I think Wilkes, maybe had started a new job. Brittany was always starting new jobs mm-hmm. or like really busy with the job she was on. I was getting the store ready. Uh, so we just never really got around to it, but it's, it's never fully off the table. Anytime we like plan to hang out, it could potentially happen if we just remember to bring the stuff.
0: Yeah, it's been... It's been rumored to come back for a number of years now.
2: Got to keep everybody on their toes, man. <laughs> you never know. Maybe we'll just drop a greatest hits one day.
0: <laughs> oh, that actually would be be interesting. Like go through all the episodes and actually create like some sort of like greatest hits type thing.
2: Yeah, I didn't really know what I was saying when I said that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's actually not a bad idea. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know if the episodes are still up.
0: Uh, they weren't at one point, And then I remember reaching out to Brittany cause I was like, I know I wanted the, at the time alley cat interview mm-hmm. and I was kind of upset that like the whole feed was gone and she was like, Hey, just give me your email address. I'll, I'll send you it. uh, we're going to, we took them down for a little while. Just, I think it was like a money thing. And then like, eventually yeah. I, I do believe they went back up.
2: <clears throat> I think we like forgot to pay or something, or we just completely forgot about it as a whole uh and then when we actually when we did put them back up we took a lot of episodes down that had people that were fucking pieces of shit and huge problems we took all those episodes down or yeah. at least most of them uh you know because you don't want to give those fucking people platforms at all if you can help it
0: yep the entire catalog is up oh wow Let's see if i can On find them. soundcloud might be i'm looking at apple Podcasts, so it's showing me oh, okay. it's showing me everything let's see the first episode that's gone one two three four five six seven eight okay i'm getting st- oh there's no episode 11 i wonder who that would have
2: been i can't even remember i don't even know if the twitter and instagram are still up either
0: oh twitter's been gone oh really twitter got suspended
2: the kick out of two one did
0: yeah i i i want to see if i look it up because it was a ko podcast it'll it's going to tell me that this account has been suspended
2: Damn, me and Kickout 2 have something else in common.
0: <laughs> yeah, account suspended. Wow. Uh, Twitter suspends violates accounts that violate the Twitter rules.
2: I wonder what Twitter rule re- we violated.
0: A, a, Maybe we'll uh, a Twitter rule that was violated when like the show wasn't even like on, and uh, t- you guys weren't really using the account. Yeah,
2: I couldn't even tell you at this point. I uh, honestly, when my Twitter got suspended for that bullshit reason it was kind of the best thing that ever happened to me
0: yeah because you have life without twitter it's very peaceful i say how you haven't come back since then
2: no i and i had uh i still had twitter on my phone for a while so i could still like we have a really good uh local resource here called nash severe weather hmm. and they're on twitter and that's like the best way to keep up with them they post other places but that is like hands down the best way to keep up with them um so i kept twitter around for that for a while deleted it for a few months and then, oh, I got really interested with all the Elon, Musk's, uh, Elon Musk stuff, so I downloaded it again just to see, like, the Twitter files or whatever and uh, kept it. Uh, I just got rid of it today, actually. I kept it for the weekend to see, like, what people had to say about the ETU show over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, now it's now it's gone again.
0: Yeah, just looking through some of these names. Some of them, it's just like, I don't know if I even knew who they were because, like, I know you guys would get – interviews from like everywhere obviously there's people that I I recognize like you know Brett Ison and everything
2: mm -hmm. did I ever tell you the formula that I had for kick out at two no I tried to book kick out at two like Thorne and Biggins booked AIW and just get the most wild card guests I could find yeah like at that time I don't think anybody had interviewed air Paris in a few years uh we interviewed air Paris uh who else was really out there um Paul Roma, that was kind of a wild card one.
0: Yeah, uh,
2: um, I'm having a really hard time remembering. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to try to look at the Instagram, I guess, if that's even still up.
0: I mean, just like going just through see. some of these names, like there's just people that I don't know if I didn't know who they w- were, period, or like they've just gone away and I got I don't remember them.
2: Right, like I'm ha- sure there's
0: a bunch of those. Like episode two is Jason James of Global Force Wrestling.
2: Oh yeah, so that's a guy that I actually like. Trained with me, Brett, and a few of our other friends. When we started training, we trained with him. And uh, he did, he worked for Burt Prentice a bunch, I believe. Uh, so he would work like Nashville shows, I think Evansville shows. And then I think he got a ring crew position with TNA. Uh, so he worked for Impact for a long time, kind of became their merchandise guy. Uh, and then I think. They parted ways, and then Jarrett picked him up because him and him and Jeff Jarrett have had a pretty good relationship for a number of years. Yeah, uh, Jarrett picked him up for Global Force, and now I think he runs his own show uh, a couple times a year here in town or in in Tennessee for a charity called Pro Wrestling Entertainment. I think
0: episode fifteen, Sean Schultz.
2: Oh, I miss Sean Schultz so much.
0: A referee now.
2: Yeah, I haven't man. I haven't seen Sean since I was uh, at. Probably the last time I did NGW, which who even knows how long ago that was?
0: Episode twenty from February nineteenth, twenty sixteen, Viking War Party.
2: Oh man, that was—if I'm not mistaken—that was recorded at Spalding Hall uh, with Jake, or excuse me, Warhorse, yeah, and Alex Herzog. I don't know if Frank was on that one.
0: Uh, you could say Jake because yeah, it's in the uh, it's in the description. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spoiler yeah, alert I think, for those who I think don't know.
2: The littlest Viking, Jake Parnell. Yep. Now the war horse looking like a Slim Jim.
0: Uh, who else you got here? Fred a episode 40.
2: I remember right. That one was a lot of fun. Been a big Fred fan for years.
0: Oh yeah. Episode 48 from September 2nd, 2016. I wonder where this one was Uh space monkey, Tommy End, and Kurt stallion.
2: Oh god, that was the weekend I almost died. <laughs> uh Space Monkey and Tommy End, obviously AIW.
0: No, wait. Yeah. I, I wanna say they were AIW and then Kurt Stallion was uh Anarchy. Anarchy, and that was like you had to drive overnight from Saint Louis to Cleveland.
2: Yes. That was uh whew, That was a, oh, a very ill advised decision on my part. Shout out to my homie Jerry that uh, that went with me for that one.
0: Indie cast versus KOAT.
2: Um, I remember that happening, but remember zero of the subject matter.
0: Oh man. Kelly Klein.
2: Oh dude. Yeah. Like uh Kelly Klein was actually like pretty instrumental to us getting like uh, women's wrestlers on the show. Uh Wilkes and I were headed. I want to say to AIW and my phone just starts blowing up. And uh, I don't know if I've ever, t- if I've ever told the story publicly, but Kelly Klein like went to bat for us in a group chat with like Taylor Hendricks, uh, I want to say Taylor, Veda, um, uh, Enidie Copeland, who is now Jessica Carr in WWE, uh, and like one or two other women's wrestlers. And Kelly was like, yo, uh, I just did a show with these guys. They're really fun. They're not creeps. If they approach you, do the show. And then we got quite a few interviews just off that alone. Uh, And I remember the episode with Kelly being a lot of fun, actually.
0: Yeah, like right after Kelly Klein was an episode with Papa Hales and Veda Scott, then Rachel Elring and then Deanna Praza, like that's four episodes in a row.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rachel, Rachel and uh, and Deanna were in that group chat too. It was basically just like all of the women of honor and then like I think a couple that were like on their way to be in, in women of honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel, man, I actually saw Rachel at the last WrestleCade I went to. And she remembered me uh, from like me and Brittany hanging out with like interviewing her uh, and then hanging out with her at WrestleCade one year. So I went over to say hi to her and tell her that Brittany said hi. And she was like, oh my God, you know, it's so nice to see you. I wish, you know, I wish Brittany was here. And like, there was like a little joke that her and Rachel were like BFS for a sec. Uh, Rachel is just such a sweetheart.
0: Episode 75, Britt Baker. Episode 76, Shayna Baszler.
2: Wow. That's, that's crazy.
0: And that's uh let's see, that that was March of twenty seventeen, March seventeenth for the Britt Baker episode, March twenty fourth for the Shayna Baszler.
2: Man. It's it's really cool to find out, you know, where some of these people ended up. Like Shayna Shayna was so good to us. Uh I don't know if she said it on the show or after or before, but she was like, Yeah, if you guys where was she from? Uh
0: I thought Minnesota.
2: I think it is Minnesota, wherever it was. She was like, yeah, if you guys ever come out, let me know. And if I'm home, I'll show you around. And we were like, what? Like, this is so cool. And like, this is obviously long before she went to WWE. And mm-hmm. she was like, she was just incredible. So was Brit. Brit was wonderful, too.
0: Yeah, I've had to defend Brit to a lot of people since uh, she's gotten signed and gotten gotten big. Like, did you, I know because you've been like disconnected from like wrestling as much. Like, did you hear about the her AIW booking, like, uh, of this year?
2: I heard something about it. I don't know if I'm allowed to say.
0: Well, uh, well, there, there was a lot talked about. it. Like, obviously, it was uh, a surprise, quote-unquote. I might have been tipped off. That's why I brought, like, I had Britt Baker stuff with me to get signed mm-hmm. after the show. But um, nonetheless, what was it? She flew her, like, well, A, she got it through got it approved by Tony Khan. Like she's the one that pushed it through, made sure made sure it happened, made sure everything was okay. Like paid for her own flight, paid for her own hotel. um, And then like any money she got from the meet and greet went back to AIW. Didn't.
2: Okay. That's what I heard.
0: Yeah. Like that. They, they've talked about on the AW podcast, like, and like, okay. So like people say like all this, like this shit about her. I'm just like, I can't, I can't accept that. Like, no, I've seen this other side of Britt Baker and I, I mean, outside of like having like conversations and everything with her when she was in AIW, like she was always like really cool to me, but being able to like give back like that to like, you want nothing from this entire thing. like that says a lot because there's people out there that would be like, oh no, I want, I want this and blah, blah, blah. But like she, a, she has her own professional career, like in dentistry and she has like everything going on with uh ae even to the fact of like she hasn't really taken any independent bookings the only thing she's done is conventions so like right i don't think like money's an issue and like she f- found a way to give back and like i yeah i'm like I, I can't take people talking shit about her
2: well i mean it's funny that this gets brought up uh i was thinking yesterday how when we were trading uh it, we were it was drilled in our into our heads to never forget where you come from, yeah, and I think anybody that wants to try to throw a jab at Britt Baker's way really needs to reevaluate you know maybe a, a, some personal choices because all I see on Brett Baker's side is success and then being able to take that success and give back to where she came from
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh maybe uh maybe people did a little self- reflecting every now and then <laughs> they have a little less time to judge people, but who am I?
0: Yeah, because I think I think I've ran into like people like talking shit about her on uh, TikTok, and I'm just like, nah, we're gonna we're gonna like totally fucking shut that shit down. Like I know like there aren't publications like talking about like what Brit did, but I I'm gonna tell you what she did because I like, right. I think, I think it that's means amazing. more that way. Yeah, that's like right. that's like John Cena. Like John Cena yeah. did, did something uh, for Aaron Bauer, who used to be a part of AIW. Where it was like, he worked at, um, he worked with some special needs kids and they were like, there was this one that like made a sign for Cena and like through Kevin Owens, John Cena seen it and privately was just like, got their address and like sent him a bunch of shit. And it wasn't, there was no like publications of it. Like, obviously I knew about it cause I, I heard through, through Aaron, but it's like knowing that like somebody like him does that kind of stuff. Now where it's like, oh, you know, look what I'm doing. Here's all this shit. No, like he, exactly. He fucking did it on his own because like yeah. he thought that, like, that was so cool. Like whatever this this. I can't exactly remember what the kid did, but like it touched him, sent him like, you know, like like shirts, armbands, sweatbands, like made sure like this, this kid was hooked up.
2: Man. Yeah. It, it means so much more when people don't have to go to like media outlets and be like, hey, I'm doing this or go to Twitter and be like, hey, look what I did. And you kind of find out second hand or third hand or even like 10th hand. And you're like, man, maybe I had this person all wrong.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I think it's fine because like maybe you just need some sort of reminder um, that there are good people out there. But mm-hmm. like if you're someone like, you know, every time you're doing something good, you got to make sure a camera's on you like ah, that's 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 different.
2: Yeah, you're you're searching for something else other than just helping someone.
0: All right. Episode 96, Tracy Smothers. Man, I wonder if...
2: Oh, that's the one where he was watching. I don't remember what he was watching, but he was watching something on the TV in the background loud as hell. <laughs> oh, God. Loud as hell. I miss Tracy, man.
0: Yeah, that was one of those things, like, as a person, I wasn't too thrilled of him, but there's a lot of in-ring stuff that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I hope, some- I, uh, I hope somebody makes a retro figure for him.
2: That would be really cool. I I was fortunate enough to, like see a lot of Tracy Smothers, you know, mm-hmm, growing yeah. up in Tennessee, he wrestled at the fairgrounds a bunch. Um, and then also the older I got, I was fortunate enough to know people that were actually close with him. Like that Jason James guy we were talking about, uh, pretty sure. Like, so I trained, I did, I don't know, maybe a year, less than a year of indie wrestling fell very hard for hardcore shows. So I was pretty much out while I was out. Jason James was basically under Tracy's mother's wing for like a whole summer. Tracy basically got the okay from Jason's parents to take him on the road, took him to do these shows. And that's where Jason got, I would assume a lot of his connections and a lot of his, you know, his just knowledge of wrestling in the road and all this stuff. You know, Tracy was the kind of guy that would look out for, a kid that wanted to make something of himself in wrestling and did everything in his power to make sure he was set up for success. That's a, that's, that's the Tracy people don't hear about that often. Yeah. Not to say he didn't say some unsavory things. uh, But, you know, uh, I don't believe that he uh, meant The thing I don't, man, I don't know. I don't think he meant the things he said in the way that they came off. I think, you know, he's, and not to try to justify it either. Cause there, you shouldn't be saying shit like that, but, Mm -hmm. um, he comes from that age of heat's heat, you know? So he's trying to do that. And, you know, times have changed. Sometimes for older people, it's harder to catch up. Uh, now I think, I think towards the end, he probably realized like, Hey, probably shouldn't say these things which is great because you shouldn't you know but yeah tracy the tracy that i i was familiar with was the guy that just wanted everyone to do well and you know wanted to pass on the all it, it's the same tracy stories you hear from like everyone that crossed paths with him that he like actually had vested interest in
0: yeah we we talked about this previously but uh episode 105 from october 27th 2017 donovan danhausen Man oh, I wonder what oh, he's up to nowadays. I hope he's doing all right, yeah. hope he's like making maybe, a lot of yeah. making lots of money and by the sack full.
2: <laughs> you know, maybe if that kid painted his face <laughs> yeah you know, i uh I'm, I actually I really miss seeing him uh as regularly as we were because you know he'd come down for sup, we'd see him other places, and we would just like think uh yeah, he was at a black label pro show we were at or I was at um. uh just hanging out with him, talking like hardcore and stuff. I'm so happy to see the, the success that that dude's had. Like, uh, man,
0: just talk about a good dude, dude. Like when he got signed to ring of honor, like we were talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was, uh, two years ago. Cause I listened I was only able to listen, like part of that one. But, uh, one of the things that I mentioned, I was like, man, the one thing I really want them to do is come out with a micro brawler for him. Uh, he's like, he's had like four or five right now. Oh, damn. And two of them have chases. That's wild. Yeah. So I have, I think I, yeah, I have three, I had two of one of them, but I recently sold one on eBay cause I needed the money. Uh, and it was, uh, it was signed too. So that kind of like helped me out a little bit, but anyway, um, yeah. Seeing just where he's gone. Like we were, we were impressed at that point. He wasn't done. I mean, God, he's still not done. That's the dude that, I, I don't know what's next for him in professional wrestling like as a whole. Like when I say next, I mean like even like five years, like, you know, like where like his trajectory is going to be, you know, is he a guy that could potentially make it to WWE or is he a guy that, you know, make a big splash in AEW, whatever, whatever it is like, I couldn't tell you, but, but the dude has been money for a oh, long yeah. time and, I, uh, and now he think- has like help.
2: Um, I don't think Dan Danhausen will be done until he is hosting his own movie show like Joe <laughs> Bob Briggs. Yeah. I think uh I think that's the direction we need to go. We need that Joe Bob and Danhausen crossover ASAP.
0: And it's it's always crazy like running into like people who are just now becoming fans and then you have people like me and you that go back a long time like we we knew like before this version of Danhausen. We knew like and- Do you remember when Dan Housen barely spoke?
2: I'm pretty sure the first place he painted was sup. If I'm not mistaken, he messaged me or texted me. I can't remember. And was like, Hey, can I paint my face? And I was like, dude, you can do whatever you want. Like, sure. If that's what you want to do, have at it.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And then he was like, I think that's what he did that they live face paint. Yeah. And he was like, I'm thinking about doing something like this. And I was like, oh, dude, that'd be, that'd be great. They're, our crowd would love that, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of like horror movie loving punk, you know, reject from out, you know, from society type people, you know, uh, basically everybody that I grew up with uh, and they all, you know, uh, Danhausen was like, I feel like an instant favorite at SUP. Yeah. Even and then, before the paint.
0: <laughs> and then he, he managed to get himself in the right position at AIW uh with the production. And that took mm-hmm. that took everything to an even bigger level. Like trying to explain to people like I knew when like Danhausen before like what we knew now, even like when he first started it, like how he like eased into it, like it started off still more horror. Mm-hmm. Like some of those vignettes where he's wearing a bag over his head and everything. Like it's this kind of like almost uh silent film horror.
2: Yeah. It's very Nosferatu. Yeah. Uh and you know, he, he even did the Laura Palmer from twin peaks thing at sup, which surprisingly, I don't think a lot of people understood what he was doing. And that's like, that's a crowd that I would have assumed I hadn't, I hadn't even seen twin peaks at that point, but that's a crowd that I would have assumed would have been all in on a twin peaks reference. Yeah. And it kind of like, people didn't really get it, but like looking back, like that's such a, that's such a weird and cool thing to do just for yourself, you know? And I, I respect the shit out of that
0: episode 108. I just have to say it because of the name. Cause where we are now, the millennial Danny Adams. Damn. Oh, oh uh, Dan, the dad. I know a lot of people that don't like him, but i f- I fucking love him.
2: Oh Danny's Danny's great. I, I've had nothing but a great time. Every time I'm around Danny, he, uh, I, I can especially speak to his his sub uh, appearances. He uh, I really tried I tried so hard to get him. I think for a while he was coming out to that. I think it's a Motley Crue song called no. Whoever sings motherfucker of the year or whatever or whatever the fuck it's called. I tried to get him to go by that. Mm-hmm. And then like shortly after that he was like I'm Dan the dad. And I was like, oh, "Okay, that's cool." <laughs> it, man, we had a we had a really solid group of just like him war horse dan house and effie uh alley cat when she was still when, before she was alley catch mm-hmm. you know just all those like i don't want to say gimmick wrestlers but you know wrestlers that f- have a, a heavy uh they lean heavy into the character but they're still just as good in the ring yeah uh, we had we had a solid handful of those
0: i uh, was the jeff cobb show uh streets of hate it was That sounds right. I say that because episode one twenty nine is Jeff Cobb, and in uh, the uh, blurb about it, the description it says uh, that you know you caught up with him before Sub Streets of Hate.
2: I don't remember anything about that interview. (laughs) Not a single thing.
0: Uh, If I'm, was that the one you guys did it outside and like in my head? Like, yeah. Was it on like a roof?
2: Uh, It was on the uh, like the 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 patio of basement east okay if i'm not mistaken because if i'm not mistaken it's like real quick maybe like 10 20 minutes like just the interview portion or the conversation with jeff
0: yeah probably I think it was much longer I, I know it was it was outside because like mm-hmm. i remember you guys talking about it and like i i kind of like had a visual in my head of the interview but for some reason i think i like pictured it on a rooftop but like if you say patio I mean, like that that makes that makes more sense to me but I hadn't been to the basement East at that point. So,
2: so if you're on that patio, it does kind of feel like a roof because you are basically eye level with other roofs, like nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think I remember us talking about how hot it was that day. I think that was a huge topic that mm-hmm. we had cause it was just like fucking hot. And then later I would go on to throw up,
0: uh, episode one thirty eight. Uh, uh, well, we are 138 with Slade Porter. That was a yeah, d- that happened. That was a dude that I liked, and then like he kind of disappeared, like after a while. Yeah, he
2: he doesn't like me or most people in Tennessee that much. Gotcha. And that's
0: okay. Um, uh, let me see. God, the last regular episode. Oh, there was one in 2020. Kind of forgot about that one. But before that, November 16th, 2018. Mr. Brixter? Oh no, uh, uh, you guys actually did a uh, just regular. It was like it was Twitter questions. Like I, I sent in a bunch. I remember that one. The last actual interview before, well, before that, there was a kick out at the struggles because I think it was yep. you, you, you were interviewing him, but he, you used his recording.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because this was this was during the time where Brittany wasn't here, mm-hmm. and I had bought. A really shitty laptop to try to keep going uh, as much as I could. But luckily, I don't remember what happened on my end. But luckily, Ryan had been recording on his end and uh, saved my ass on that one. Otherwise, we would have just been getting real acquainted with no uh, no audio evidence.
0: Yeah, those like last like stretch of episodes, like when Brittany was gone, like, was, like audio quality did kind of suck.
2: Oh, Yeah. I, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I would just try to record them and send them to her. And I think that's when she was in Massachusetts. She was working mm-hmm. like crazy hours, uh, so she was like, "Okay, I'll get to it when I can." And I'm like, "Cool, it's my end is done. I'll send it over to you." And then whenever we get it out, we get it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't even remember what program I was using to record.
0: I, I know you're using a Chromebook, and like Chromebook yeah. doesn't doesn't have Audacity, so like, that, oh yeah, I, that I with do you.
2: remember going through that.
0: Which, ironically enough, I had to re download Audacity recently because uh, I had two different versions on it. So I like uninstalled it completely and reinstalled it. And I had been a little bit behind on updating it, but not by that much. Mm-hmm. And then when I re downloaded it, like now it looks a little different and it's kind of fucking with me. <laughs> and they, they've changed <laughs> some things, it. but it's minor. Oh, you, I think you would be like, oh, like there's some like just flat out different things that visually is kind of weird
2: but yeah, I haven't seen audacity probably since Brittany and I, well, I was going to say, since we did that little run of haunted home video podcasts, but I'm trying to remember if that was before the actual end of kick out at two or not. I think it,
0: I mean, it was, it, it was after, I believe it was after the 2018 episodes, but then you have the one 2020 episode, which is crazy. Cause you think 2020, those oh, that was a pandemic episode. No, it was February 21st. So like, the pandemic was starting, but not necessarily here.
2: Yeah. We didn't have like all the knowledge that we would go on to have,
0: Mm -hmm. like Uh, even within a month.
2: Yeah. What, uh, what was that episode on?
0: All it says is the episode title. The boys are back in town. And then the description is we back kind (laughs) of,
2: yeah, we probably just like a little catch up. Like this is what we're doing. Talk some shit. as we tended to do, uh,
0: an hour and 40 minute episode.
2: Man, yeah, I I got nothing on that. I don't even fucking I don't remember. I feel like I've just been men in black from kick out of two stuff <laughs> for the most part. I remember there's an MJF episode that we recorded after one of the days of Dojo Pro. Uh, he went to do he went on to do pretty alright, I guess. Uh, um that
0: episode's deleted. Oh, is it? Yeah, I did not pass the MJF episode. I'm now going back through it. I
2: wonder if that was split with somebody else because I, I don't think the interview we had with MJF, I actually scrolled across that picture of my camera roll the other day because he's like laying on a table and Mia Wilkes are flipping him off. Uh, yeah, maybe that was split with somebody else. because I don't remember it being like that long of an interview. So maybe it was split with somebody that turned out to be quite a problem. And we just said, you know what? We'll just scrap the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that 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 could be it. There are, there's at least one person I know that you interviewed that's not on here, and it, it's he was a problematic person. So I know, like, there's that, but yeah. And I, once you mentioned MJF, I was like, oh, yeah, there was an MJF one, but yeah, it was probably some episode similar to uh, the one I mentioned earlier with uh, Tommy End and all that, where you know, you had like three names on the show.
2: Yeah, we w- we would do that from time to time just to keep them from being like a 15 or 20 minute episode, Uh funny story about that MJF episode. Uh, we recorded that in this like extravagant studio on my phone. We had all this equipment around us, but it wasn't ours and we didn't know who to talk to. And we, Honestly, you probably wouldn't have even know how to use it. So we just recorded on my phone in this just very nice, very nicer than we belonged in studio. It was mm-hmm. crazy.
0: Yeah, there's yeah, there's another episode that I was just thinking about that I realized that's not on here. The uh, uh, what's the name of the woman that was uh, what's an episode? Uh, Darcy, Darcy, uh, for Marry with children.
2: Oh, uh, oh yeah, that's gone. Okay. Yeah, but we we did have a uh, we had like a little I don't know like ten ish minute talk with her. Mm-hmm. Whoa, calm down, Wednesday. Uh, we talked about I think I'm trying to remember what all we talked about in that. Um, I know she like kind of smartened us up to like some of the wrestling references inside of Married with Children, like some of the last names, like Bundy being from King Kong Bundy, because I think the director or whoever was like a huge wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there were a few other wrestling references that, like, if you didn't know what to look for or like what to listen for, you didn't know. Uh, but yeah, I think she just told us about that. I want to say, she her, was really nice, though.
0: Wasn't her original married name Rhodes?
2: Yeah, yeah. She was Darcy Rhodes, mm-hmm. or Marcy Rhodes. And then she becomes Marcy, Marcy Darcy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because as soon yeah, as you said the last that. name thing, I was wrestling, and I was like, "Oh, what's popping out to me?" And it was, it was Rhodes. And I'm like, "Oh yeah,
2: yeah." I, and actually, now that, well, I guess Bundy would have to be. If you're going to go for Rhodes, you're probably going to go for Bundy at that point too. Yeah, because they they both would have been around. So yeah, probably both of them. I do remember her bringing up Rhodes though.
0: So one thing we got to talk about is uh, dangers on video. Yes, sir. Uh, that's been most of the year, right? I'm trying to remember when, uh, when, when you launched it.
2: August 5th, I think was the opening
0: day. Oh, fuck. It has seemed so been I'll, like half a year. Holy shit. Why does it feel longer?
2: Uh, trust me. It feels a lot longer, <laughs> uh, but in a good way. Um, I, I think I left Jenny's in July. Okay. And spent that whole month, I said, if I can get in there for most of a month, I can probably have that thing ready to open in a month. And I said that not really believing myself, but uh, Brittany was like, okay. And I was like, well, if the pressure's on, I have to do it. So I just used that pressure and went in there and did, I really didn't have to do all that much. It was a lot of like ripping off fabric from shelving units reapplying new fabric to shelving units, uh, getting furniture and fixtures in and product and all this stuff and setting it up. And, uh, man, it was, it was the most time consuming thing I think I've ever done. Uh, I say there wasn't a lot to do, but what I, you know, Brittany was working. I was doing it all by myself for the most part. Um, she would help when she could, but she's still working Monday through Friday. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty long hours, 10, 12, sometimes longer days. Um, So I'm in there, you know, doing all this stuff. And then I look at her and I was like, I think we can do this by August 5th, which just so happened to be SCI weekend. Uh, So we did it, we opened. And I think the coolest thing about opening weekend was leading up to the open. I had posted in like the hip Mount Juliet groups on Facebook saying, Hey, you know, we're opening a new business. Uh, if you want to come check us out, that'd be great. We had a lot of people that weren't even physical media collectors come in just to check it out because we were in their community and they, they'd walk away with something small. You know, they, they'd pick up something small to support and have continued to come back. We've met a lot of really cool people in that area that, uh, that are really stoked that we're there. And we've started, uh, doing more online stuff. We've been exploring, doing like some sort of website. That way there's a little bit more ease to online ordering rather than if you see it on Instagram, shoot us a message. Yeah. Um, but it's been, man, it's been so fun. It's been such a crazy ride already. I've seen more cool stuff in the last four months than I think I have in my entire life.
0: Ironically, I've been buying VHSs off of you where I see stuff, uh, in the background on Instagram. And I say like, Hey, uh, can I get a crack at that?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, trust me, that is appreciated more than, you know, uh, we, uh, You know, this is something that I don't think a lot of people opening a business are honest with themselves about right out of the gate. Um, I try to be very optimistic, but I am very pessimistic too. Mm. Um, So I was like, very nervous about the opening weekend. I was like, it's either going to be a bust or it's going to be incredible. And it turned out to be better than we could have ever expected. Mm. Still that way. Uh, But I lowered my expectations very, very quickly. And I was like, hey, just because you do like X amount of dollars this day does not mean that the next day is going to be just as good or better. Mm -hmm. You could sell nothing that day. So I really firmly planted that into my head as early on as I could. And you know, like some days I'll sit there all day and maybe one person comes in. That's usually Thursday or Sunday. Um, And then Fridays and Saturdays, we're just rocking it. Like it's crazy, man.
0: Yeah. I I know even besides like supporting you, I try to support, smaller businesses like that, like, granted, I still will go to like Walmart to buy certain physical media, whether it be some CDs or uh, vinyl or movies. But if I have the chance to, like I said, sport, more of a mom and pop shop stuff, I, I do it. Like there's this really cool, uh, store that I like now and it's not, it's not too far from me, but it's, uh, it's like the best of both worlds. It's part toy store, part music store. Oh, Wow. So, like, and it's called, I can't remember which order it is, but it's uh, it's either Noise and Toys or Toys and Noise. I think it's Toys and Noise. That's fun. So, yeah, like, I go there every so once in a while, see if I got anything new. Obviously, things that I'm looking for are new. And, uh, yeah, I, I I go from there, but thoroughly enjoy the fuck out of that place.
2: Yeah, and I'll say we we already tried to make it a point before we opened the store to support smaller and local businesses. Um, and that's something that has only become a further. Um, we. It's something we do more. If there's something we can get from like this local record store called the groove here in Nashville, or one of our vendor friends, uh, we'll go that way. Or even if it's like our friends up, up in Maryville, the dungeon, you know, if he has, if he's got a movie that we want, we'll order it from him even though he will 100% tell us like, Hey, you can get it cheaper from this place. It's not about getting it cheaper from that place. It's about getting it from your friend and Mm -hmm. keeping their lights on, you know, Uh, you get what you want. Your, your friend gets to keep living their dream. Uh, It's, it's literally the best of both worlds. And sometimes people kind of lose sight of that. Not that there's anything wrong with going to like Walmart or target or anything because shit, we go there too. You know, there's some stuff that's just easier to get there or that you can only get there. Like, I'm pretty sure that Terrifier 2 steelbook that's coming out was going to be a Walmart exclusive. I will buy it from
0: Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Going to uh, any type of store lately and just picking up physical media. I mean, that's one thing that like for me dominated my year. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I upped my physical media, like obviously you did too. in, in a different way, uh, I shared with this, shared this with you before the show, but I, I got to replay it on the show and uh, I was revisiting last year's episode. And there's something I said that actually, actually something that Jesse said that aged pretty well. Yeah, I still can't believe you got me into fucking buying VHSs. Oh
2: man, just wait till you get a record player.
0: Uh (laughs) Um, Yes, 100% true. Within like 90 days of that episode, I started buying vinyl and then bought, or buying more vinyl and then bought a record player. Bought a whole stereo thing, which goes with, this, uh, sound bit of what I said a little bit after that. See, I need one of those old, uh, like late 80s, early 90s stereos that has a record player on it, but also has a cassette player. I didn't get exactly what I said, but I have a dual cassette deck, I have a record player, I have a five disc CD changer, and like I've just been buying so much physical media and I've like dedicated like, Time to try to somewhat organize, or like I even like went to my storage unit that we have here for our apartment and pulled out like every CD that I could that I actually had the copy of, and like now like in the the stereo cabinet on the bottom shelf is just like full of CDs, and I'm like still I'm going out and trying to like add to that collection.
2: Um, the next whenever you're in Nashville again, I gotta take you to this place called McKay's because they have. Just a ridiculous amount of CDs. I think you'd be quite, and they have a lot of vinyl movies, action figures. It's, I mean, it's a really sick store, mm-hmm. uh, but I think you'd really dig that spot. Your wallet might not.
0: <laughs> in my bank account might not. Yeah. Uh, like, for me, like, it doesn't even matter, like, which format. Like, the only f- format that I don't have a player for, but I do want is A Track. I've never listened to an A Track in my entire life, but I do have one a track that i bought because this uh at this one flea market where there's just like a ton of VHSs. it's the one that i sent you that is just packed with vhs tapes even to the point like there's just like piles like you kind of have to go through them but as i was going through them i found uh an a track and it was a copy of arlo guthrie's alice's restaurant and i really love that album so i was just like fuck it's here like i'll just buy it so i i currently have like one a track, but no a track player. And knowing my luck, uh, I also at one point had just a bunch of records and no record player. And while well, I eventually found one, so, um, I kind of want to find a, an a track player that'll fit within the, the system, man,
2: our, uh, our friend Shane, when he was still alive, he, uh, <clears throat> he had a store called dead people's things. And I remember him asking me about a tracks one day and I just happened to show up to hang out. And, uh, he had this like, cabinet with like a record player and eight track player and maybe just speakers. I think it was just record and eight track and it was so cool. It was like, I don't know, probably like five feet long. Uh, it was just the coolest thing. And like, I know I had heard eight tracks when I was a kid, but like, don't really remember it. Uh, but when I walked in, he was playing some country eight track and I was like, what, what is happening? And he was like, Oh, I just got this table. It's got a record playing an a track player. And he's like, I kind of want to keep it. And I was like, I, I kind of want one of these, <laughs> but at the same time, like I know this is bad news for me because we don't have the room for it at all. And then it's going to start another collection.
0: We had a something similar to that growing up where this was like a stereo cabinet, not like one, like I have to wear uh, it's vertical and there's this door it was more one that's horizontal. And it, it's basically, it just looks like a piece of furniture. Yeah. To where it's like a, a chess cabinet to where mm-hmm. like you can op- open it up. And then when you did, um, kind of like what you said, there there was a record player, there was an A-track player, and there's a radio. And the the speakers were like built in. Mm-hmm. So like I know even though like I explained to you like off air and I can like re- repeat it really quick here, where like growing up, like the 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 record player cassette tape uh contraption that I mentioned. It's like, it's like all built in one. It's one unit. And we had in our trailer growing up and our, how our trailer had speakers in like certain rooms to where like, you could just like listen to music, like all through all throughout the trailer. So even though we had that, we, st- we also had that floor unit and my mom, like, I think she preferred that one. Mm-hmm. So like if she would listen to the radio, like that's what she would turn on. Uh, I never saw that record player get used like it might've been broken or something, but I know there were eight tracks in there and something that I've, I've somewhat explained. Like it was like my only connection to my sister before I, I met her is like, I mean, we had like eight tracks in there, but like the one that like stuck out, like I, this I'm like, this isn't my parents. It was uh kiss's first album. Oh, wow. And I, I never listened to it. I, I sadly ended up like giving it away to a friend of mine that lived in the trailer park who was a big kiss fan. Mm-hmm. just cause it was like, Oh, like, we have this kiss thing around the house. You can have it. Uh, but yeah, like that, like like that's the memories I have of like when it comes to A-Tracks. I never, I never fucked with them. But I, I now that I have like all these other formats, like I kind of want to, kind of want to mess with it a little bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, there's probably some stuff that you can only get on A-Track now. Uh, kind of like how there's some stuff, you know, movie wise, you can only get on VHS, DVD, Betamax, whatever, uh, Laserdisc, all that shit. Uh, I'd be, I'd be pretty curious to like look at a list and see. What's only available on eight track and what they go for,
0: yeah, or even that it is crazy to find ones that you could only find in like certain formats, and like, mm-hmm. and then if you add it to like maybe uh, not only is this the only format you can find it on it, never went digital. Like, mm-hmm. I like I have um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles album, the one from the live show, mm-hmm. like, I didn't realize this till I looked it up, but like that was only released on cassette, so physical like media. That's the only thing you can find it on, but it was like released digitally on like iTunes and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. But there's other stuff like uh, the power driver album that was only released on vinyl and cassette. That's it. Huh. Well, also uh, technically kind of, I don't know if you want to count it. The, I was also released on VHS, but I, I think don't I have that. Yeah. I don't think it's the full album. It's just like ones that they made videos for. I did. Mm-hmm. I did finally add, add, pile driver to my collection i found it at a uh, our local chain around here called the exchange and uh yeah they had it on had it on cassette i'm just like fucking sold <laughs> and a thing that i like they always put those cds or cassettes like with the wrestling stuff so i just like pop over there i'm like oh, don't they have anything new And i saw fucking hulk hogan looking at me with the hard hat on like granted i like i really want on vinyl i've won it on vinyl for a while but I'm like, I'll take a cassette because I don't know when I'm ever going to see one of these like this again that I don't have to cassette. go order.
2: Anytime you can skip that ordering process is so nice. So mm. nice. Yeah. The- I, uh, when I was up in uh, New York recently, uh, Strugs took me to uh, the Wrestling Universe. And uh, I knew that they carried some tapes, but I just like kind of forgot and I was just going to look. And I found like a small tape section and I picked up Grunt the Wrestling Movie and bad guys and bad guys looks so bad. I'm so excited to watch it. Isn't
0: grunt the like mockumentary.
2: Um, I think you, I think it might be,
0: um, because ironically enough, this goes with like our conversations that we have. It goes with physical media, but this past year when I actually made it out to, Oh, why am I blanking on the name of the drive-in Mahoning. Mahoning. Yeah. Thank you finally went out there for uh LVAC show and decided to like, you know, do the camp out thing. There was a mystery movie that was played. It was grunt. Oh, hell yeah. I, well, you said, fucking went to bed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. So I bought it because I wanted to support that store. And because I was like, this is weird. This looks like something I'll enjoy.
0: Yeah. I think, I think if I bought it or even rented it and I was able to sit down and watch it, but this was, with it, I, like I said, being a mystery movie and like, I think I was tired because mm-hmm. I want to say that was, uh, yeah, that was the mystery movie for night two. I was just like, man, I'm, I'm going to bed. Like we're going to bed. We're going that to like, sounds better. yeah, we're going to, we're going to go to the tent and go to bed because like we're, we were just beat at that point. Like, yeah. if it, like if it would have been, which I know it wouldn't have because they played it the year before, but like, if it was like, they live, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, gonna to stay up to fucking watch. They live love that movie, but with this, I'm like, eh. And I think the can't remember if it was the night before the movie before was The Wrestler.
2: Man, I need to rewatch that. It's been it's been a little bit since I've seen The Wrestler. Such a good movie.
0: Yeah. Getting the like also that was the first time I've rewatched it since going to independent wrestling shows. So like I was watching it from a little bit different point of view mm-hmm. of someone who like, okay, now I understand what like those type of shows are supposed to be like. So, like, I, I noticed, like, some, like, what I would call, like, inconsistencies of what shows are like, but all in all, like, still just, it's a movie that's, like, I might hold up for a long time.
2: I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, to to stay on the theme of <clears throat> being tired and wanting to watch movies, uh, Easter weekend, I was up in New York or Jersey for uh, Expect the Unexpected, uh, did not get any sleep, uh, got to the airport super early. Uh waited for our flight and then flew home, did a sup show. And I decided to be very ambitious. Like a couple of weeks before the local theater was playing Donnie Darko on Easter. They were doing a double feature with Donnie Darko and Harvey. Uh, I've never seen Harvey. I've heard it's great. It doesn't really look like it'll appeal to me. So I also knew I was doing sup. We'd be close on time. So the whole day, Brittany's like, you're not going to stay awake. You're going to fall asleep. You're li- you've literally been awake for like 36 hours. Like, you're not going to stay awake. And I said, I'm going. I was like, if you're tired, you don't have to go. I'm going. I went, or we went, and I stayed awake. And finally getting to see that movie in theaters was a total game changer for me.
0: I remember when I went to the Mahoning, and I uh, just sent you a picture of the inside. I'm like, where am I at?
2: Instantly knew. Yeah. Did you get popcorn there?
0: I don't remember. I'm not a huge popcorn guy, but I, I feel like one of the nights we did but I, I, I just pop, don't remember
2: the popcorn when we went up for VHS fest one year was like the heaviest popcorn I've ever had in my life, but it was also like the best popcorn I've ever had.
0: I think what really blew me away was the, uh, I didn't know that they sold like DVDs, VHS tapes and vinyl there. So like, I I just like you know, I walk in there and I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there like looking through everything. There wasn't a lot that I wanted. There was a lot that Amanda wanted like, uh, i think the second day that we were there she finally went went in there and like picked out stuff and we spent a spent a ton of ton of money actually the thing that i like uh they don't they don't have prices on all that stuff it's just like oh, like donate however much you feels fair i'm like wow. man like you could like grab a handful of stuff and be like here's a dollar
2: yeah when when we went uh it was was it still I think maybe things had just opened up. I remember having to wear a mask there, which yeah. was totally fine. Um, but I remember wearing a mask there, and I don't remember getting to go too far inside of that concession area. So I remember seeing the movies, but I would never got to like pick them up and look at them, I don't think, because mm. I think they had it kind of blocked off. Mm. Um, so I think that's why I didn't warn you about it, because I had completely forgotten. Like You sent me that picture, and it just triggered like such a quick memory in my brain. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's Mahoning.
0: that place so much fun and then i got uh while we were there finally got to meet uh tara calloway and jeff cannonball like dude i want to go on a double date with them like they're like we sat in like bullshit like before the second show and had like so much fun
2: i uh i don't know tara uh we've had brief interactions um but uh i love jeff to death we don't talk as much uh but getting to hang out with him up at uh, uh, Jersey for a very early H2O show. Um, I think it was H2O. Um, And then just getting to know him over the years and talking movies and like seeing some of the movies he watched for the Halloween season was a lot of fun. Um, When I was in, uh, do you know Juba? Are you familiar with Juba? No. Man, Uh, Juba was on this past ETU show. And one of my favorite things about doing any wrestling show now that I'm like kind of removed is like getting there, talking to people that I know and then like talking things that aren't wrestling. So Juba and I like caught up on real life and then immediately went into movies and we were just talking about what we'd seen, what we had watched for the first time that people couldn't believe. Cause that was the thing with uh, me and Daniel McCabe. We would always like talk about like publicly talk about movies that everybody had seen that we hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. And we'd even like joked about starting a podcast about it. Um so Juba and I talked about that on a Saturday. I don't remember. Oh, I watched a uh, Cliffhanger recently, Stallone movie. Fantastic movie. The trivia on that movie is nuts. Um and that's kind of what we were talking. I don't remember what he told me he watched, but it was kind of like, what have you watched recently? This is what I've watched recently. Compare notes. And it's it's so fun.
0: I remember watching Cliffhanger when it first came out. I was young. I don't remember it as much, but then I also remember, uh, the Super Nintendo game <laughs> for it because we rented, Whoa. it. we rented it. My one thing like bad about my dad is, uh, cause like he didn't really know much about video games. Like he definitely like always gravitated towards those titles. Cause like, okay. like he would recognize like, Oh, okay. Like this, that bubble. Blah, blah. Like I had the lethal weapon, weapon, Super Nintendo game growing up.
2: I can't imagine that was much fun.
0: Uh, you know what? I think it was a little bit better than you would remember. I mean, not that you would remember, okay. but than you would think, but like it's it there's definitely like a difficulty to it because like it's actually not a game where there's like a a through storyline. There's like different missions you have to do. and like you can hmm. pick whatever mission you want to start with, uh, and then you gotta play as like both characters, like but you only obviously only one at a time. I think when right. one one dies, you have the other one to fall back on. so um. Yeah. And, but ironically enough, like, you know, what was a really good. I don't, okay, I don't want to say really good. It kind of sucked, but like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. What I felt like was a decent licensed game, even though it's nothing like the movie Home Alone.
2: I had a feeling you were going to say that as I was staring at my Kevin McAllister pull string doll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that was nothing like the movie, but I remember having it and playing the fuck out of it. And that once I like, I really got the hang of it. Like I remember end up beating it. Like it, it took me a little while. Like I remember I used to be able to get past the first level fine, but then the second level would like fuck me up. But after a certain point, like I, like I said, I got the hang of it and I just like absolutely could kill it. And I, I do remember like ironically enough for home alone, like, cause like your, your boss battle was always quote in the basement and you had like all these like things you had to dodge. Like mm-hmm. I remember like, I was, like, somewhat scared of those levels because it was, like, you would have these, like, bats or rats, like, just come out of nowhere. And, like, I remember, like, like I said, like that kind of fucking with me a little bit. Like, I didn't necessarily have nightmares, but, like, you know, like, scare me as I'm, I'm playing the game and, like, startle me. Yeah,
2: you're, like, apprehensive to do that level because of those things. Yeah. I was like that with, like, uh, certain levels in Mortal Kombat and shit. Just, like, you get to that one... That like that next opponent and you're like you get butterflies and you're like man i don't really want to do this but i know if i want to go any further i have to do this mm-hmm. I, that was me in mortal Kombat.
0: as we do for these episodes we really went off topic i, I want to like spend a little bit more time on uh uh danger zone and everything but like what's it been like opening like a, a business like that oh to where it's abs- i was gonna say like where it's you know this like really niche thing like Even like I support like a lot of, like I said, local businesses, like whether it be like toy stores or music stores, I don't know if we have a video store like what you have.
2: So it is absolutely terrifying, like in the best and worst ways possible. So when I was leaving Jenny's, kind of the the school of thought amongst some people was like, oh, he's leaving to go start his own business. He's never going to work again. The the harsh truth to that reality is there's really not a day I don't work. Uh, I'm either shipping something, packing something, going to look at, you know, potential product for us to buy or just like resetting the store, figuring out, you know, different things, designing stuff. Like I work probably four times as much as I ever have uh, and make a fraction of the money. But I was prepared for that. You know, I had... Um, I had guidance, you know, our friend Shane, he, he would be like, I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you what's worked for me. And then you can apply that to, uh, to what you're going to do and make it work for you. And if it doesn't work, then you realize that doesn't work. There's really no loss in trying because you find out what works and what doesn't. Um, it's continued forward progression. Um, I mean, I say it's been terrifying, but like, it's been so fun. It's been so liberating. like." I I was doing pop-ups and flea markets for, you know, a couple of years. So we had already unintentionally built like a pretty solid core group of people that were gonna come regardless, uh, to come get horror movies or weird shit, whatever. Um, and then that just grew. People found out word of mouth, you know, people that were coming to me at flea markets and pop ups would tell somebody, then they would tell somebody. Um, and now it's just like it it it's we have people come up regularly once to twice a month from like an hour and a half away. Like they budget their time to come up, come to the store and drive back. And that's not something that I take lightly as somebody who lived maybe about 40 minutes from Nashville. Most of my life, like that's not something I take lightly. I, I appreciate the shit out of that. Um, but I mean, it's, it's been so cool. Like I am somebody for better or worse that really likes to test myself. Mm -hmm. And this has been, one of the biggest, if not the biggest tests that I've ever had, you know, like again, Brittany still works a full-time job. She helps when she can. She does. If I'm like, Hey, I'm really busy. Can you take this stuff to the post office? She's all about it. You know, anything she can do to help. Cause she's just as much in this as I am. I'm just there a little bit more than she is. Yeah. Um, but it's been, I mean, it's been so fun. Like I'll say a huge upside is our rent is really affordable. So like, we run the possibility of being able to make rent in a day. If we have a really good day, Um, we've done it. Um, I hope we continue to do it. Uh, But it's, it's been really cool because now like other small business, uh, other small business people locally, they'll come by, we'll talk our friends at totally rad toy house have been so incredible and offered up so much insight and, you know, help with, with things that we never even thought of. Um, and then you run across people who are also like, they're just perpetually just like stick in the ass, like not stoked people. Like they're just not happy about anything and they like come in and like scoff at prices or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you could easily go find this tape on eBay or somewhere else, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I have found this with the utmost care, you know, like as soon as this tape is in my possession, it's going to be stored properly. If it needs to be cleaned, it's going to be cleaned. Like you're not going to get that from a thrift store, you know? Mm -hmm. Plus like if you pick up a movie, I can give you a recommendation. You can give me a recommendation and we have that connection. That's my favorite part about the whole thing. As much as, as much as I'm not a people person, once we start talking about movies, I open up like a book Mm -hmm. and I'm not one of those people that'll like lie and say, I've seen something if I haven't seen it. Uh, and I think that kind of catches people off guard. Like I'm very open with the big movies I've never seen. I've never seen any MCU movie. I've never seen any matrix movie shit like that. Uh, and that kind of throws people off guard, but I like to, I like to present that and be like, it's okay to not have seen popular things. Yeah. It's okay to go back and watch them later in life. Uh, and, uh, I think, uh, I think some people really dig that, you know, like they'll say, well, have you seen this? And I'll be like, well, no, actually, I haven't seen any MCU movie. And at first, it's shocking, but I'm like, "Well, this is my story. This is how I found out I liked movies, and how I could finally sit down and watch them." Yeah. And then I spent like the next twenty years just watching horror movies.
0: <laughs> Do you still got the uh, the coffin case?
2: Yeah, fucking love that. Still, uh, still front and center in the VHS room, which has been a perpetual wreck for the last like year, probably long. Well, I'd say ever since right before I had neck surgery, it's just been. In complete shambles, but, uh, I try to work on a little bit each, you know, each week. Um, but yeah, it's still completely loaded. I can see all my silent night, deadly night, one through threes. And, um, what else is cool on there? Microwave massacre, uh, my small, but mighty Dick Tracy collection. (laughs) Uh, there's some fun stuff in there. A bunch of David Lynch stuff. Uh, yeah, man, opening danger zone has been great. Um, I didn't expect the reaction that we got. Like we had a pretty small selection of, uh, wholesale ordered Blu-rays and DVDs and then some used stuff too. And we kind of expected people to wipe us out of that stuff opening weekend. But instead, like I'd say 95% of people that came in bought tapes, which was absurd.
0: It's cool to see. Like it's something I think we talked about last year about how, um, there's been kind of an uptick with, uh, VHS tapes of people collecting them and, I did learn something this past year, like, and it's actually outside of me collecting vinyl, but like vinyl never died. It just, it got to a point where like, it just, there wasn't a lot of people doing it or there wasn't a lot of, a lot of it coming out, but like, it still was on this like life support.
2: Um, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of like hardcore labels were keeping certain, uh, pressing plants open Mm -hmm. because at one point I think it might've been cheaper to, to do vinyl as opposed to anything else. Cause who, no one was really buying CDs at that point, but they still wanted to get the music. Um, so at one point I had a pretty, a pretty sick hardcore record collection. Uh, the same with a lot of my friends. Uh, and there's a couple pressing plants still here in Nashville. I know, I think it's United record pressing or United pressing something. That's like a big one. And then one of my buddies got a job at an, a, a smaller one, but, uh, it's, yeah. It never truly went away. It just kind of, uh, slowed down. Like you said.
0: Yeah. Cause like once like CDs took off, um, obviously people were just like, well, like CDs are smaller than records. And like, uh, there's a lot of like advantages to it of like being able you know, to able to, uh, you know, play it on the road. But one thing that I've learned to love about vinyl is like, there's something about like album art that mm-hmm. it means so much more on vinyl, or this is, technically it's not even vinyl, but like, it's like that, that size. Cause it's like, it's blown up. Like mm-hmm. I, I could put, I could have a wall full of CDs and not like in a bookcase, but like where the album cover is facing on everything. Like that would look kind of cool, but I could do the same thing with vinyl. And for some reason, like just that bigger size, like it means a lot more and it looks a lot cooler. Well,
2: and another thing, and I know this is specific to certain people. Uh, you might not feel the same way, and if not, that's totally cool. Um, I don't like, like, I just watched, I'm sure we talked about this, but I just watched Blu-ray a uh, Blu-ray for the first time a few years ago. Um, the advantages to Blu-ray for me now are if a tape is too expensive and I don't want to pay for it, I can usually get the Blu-ray for a fraction of the price. Mm-hmm. But I say this to say I love, like, the sound of a record Because it's just slightly imperfect. Um, it's, It's not like the best audio presentation. And I love watching movies on tape because, again, it's slightly imperfect. You might get like a tracking issue or like a little pop or something or a little static, something like something about that is just like, I don't know, man. I was also the kid that grew up like picking up like hardcore and punk demos that sounded like they were recorded in a tin can and would listen to them religiously. Uh, Something about that, like lower quality media is just so special to me. And I think there's more and more people that are finally realizing like not everything has to be crystal clear, like audio or visually. uh, And it's, it's still got a certain charm to it.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some people when it comes to vinyl, I think they'll tell you that, uh you know, depending on like how much money you're putting in the setup that you know it's the best music sound but mm-hmm. there there is something about i mean whether i think I've had it with cassette and I think I've had it with uh v h s where you get that like warped audio sound for like something on like it could be just like a second mm-hmm. where it's it's something that's been played a lot or whatever, and like it has It has a charm to it because kind of like what you were saying of, you know, you're not going to get that on DVD or Blu-ray, but you can get get this little bit of a of an imperfection on on VHS.
2: Yeah. And like one of my favorite things that I've been able to do, I don't I haven't been able to do as much since we opened, but like at pop ups and stuff, um, if some of my regulars came by and they would get, you know, certain titles and they were really interested in them, I'd be like, oh, have you seen this movie? and they would say, Oh no, I haven't. I would just be like, take it, watch it. Tell me what you think. And I wouldn't even charge them for it. Cause I just wanted them to see that movie so bad. You can do the same thing with a record or a CD. Mm-hmm. It, you can tell somebody to stream something, but let's be real. Are they really going to do it? Like I've been told about so many movies that I need to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's just like my watch list is already just out of this world. Uh, So it's like, I have to really find, plus there's, there's some, like, sometimes I just get in moods where I want to rewatch something because I'm like in that mood. And it reminds me of that movie. Like I'm probably going to rewatch machete tonight. (laughs) Um, just because it's here. And I remember like the first time I saw it, loved it and kind of just want to like go back to that feeling. Um, it's just the connection you get with physical media that I think is really important. And we can't lose again because we almost did there for a bit. Um, Uh But now people are more aware of things like that, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's to me, it's more than just a tape. It's more than a DVD. It's more than a Blu-ray. It's, it's a physical connection. And I can say, hey, if you like that, I think you should check this out. And then you build a, an actual bond with somebody because you've given them something yeah. that you think so highly of that you want them to have, you know, uh, that 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 has been one of the coolest things about doing this. And then on a little side note, I got to watch this dude bring in his, his, I don't know how she was maybe six-year-old daughter in to the store. And that was her first time experiencing a video store.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Like you, you can't put a you can't put a number on that. Like I watched her eyes light up as he was explaining everything. And like, it was just like, I was talking to somebody, but watching them out of the corner of my eye, just in case they needed help with anything. And, uh. Just seeing that man, like kind of almost brought me to tears because like, oddly enough, I could re- I can't remember the name of it, but I can remember the first video store that I remember going to in Antioch, Tennessee, where I lived as a, a small kid. Uh, and like, if I could go back in time, I would do so much knowing what my life is now to hold on to that mm-hmm. and remember the name of that store and just like do what I could to keep it alive. You know,
0: I think that's something we really take advantage of. Uh... Or to not take advantage of, take for granted that, you know, most of us uh, just being in the video store, like that's a fairly recent memory of Mm -hmm. whether whether it be, you know, in the 2000s and everything like the end of video stores wasn't that long ago.
2: Dude, I, uh, I sell movies to all types of people, Mm -hmm. but something that'll never lose just like how cool it is to me. Is like when I get people that are significantly younger than me, like I'm talking like uh we have this this mom randomly came in the store one day. I think I think it was just me there. Uh she came in and she was like, Whoa, what is this? no uh, no 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 no. She she opened the door and she goes, Is this real? And I just went, I sure hope so <laughs> And then we had a laugh and she came in and looked and uh it was like the perfect icebreaker. She was like, Man, my daughter is obsessed with horror. She wants to go to like I don't remember if it was like special effects school or what she was like, I have to bring her in here. And she picked up a couple of things just for her daughter. And then like a week or two later brought her daughter in, and her daughter was in awe. And like every time they come in, I hook them up because it's like, if I can keep younger people getting physical media, I'm going to do everything in my power to do that. Yeah. Um, and then like, I don't know. There's been this younger couple that comes in, you know, for a while they were coming in every Friday that like, that was their Friday tradition, go to the video store. And they were significantly younger than me, early twenties. And they would come in, buy a stack of tapes, ask for recommendations, buy, you know, buy stuff based off of my recommendations. And I'm like, who the hell am I like to tell you what's good and what's not good. Uh, But every one of my recommendations was a home run for them, you know? Uh, shit like that will always be the coolest part about this. Like, yes, making money to keep the lights on very cool because I love what I do, but being able to create those connections with people will always be way cooler than, than the monetary aspect of any of this.
0: For me, there's something with, with physical media of just, you know, it doesn't matter what happens. Like I still own that copy. Exactly. Like, I mean, granted, right now I'm looking at like my Kiss collection. That's not necessarily a great example, but you know, there's things out there that maybe you know they come down from streaming for you know legal battles or whatever or any shit like that, and just to be able to be like, well, I own this copy of the album, and like I, if I want to, I can back them up on my computer. Especially the Mm thing I do love that with iTunes. Is like I can add that to my library, and that goes in with my Apple Music that I sh- of music I stream. So it's like mm-hmm. every everything's like working together. But you know, if something happens to where particular album I really like, they're like, ah, well, we're we're taking it down, or even like, oh, well, there's this better version, and we're gonna update the file for you. Like, right granted, they don't come and tell you, but like, I can I can at least have like, well, this is the the version that I bought, right, and all that kind of stuff. And I think for me that that the, the I've also like tried to do more i have like i was always really bad of like not necessarily listening to albums all the way through like i would i would like songs now mm-hmm. i mean i i had albums that i really liked all the way through but like i felt like some of them were few and far in between so now with like you know having a record player having a dual cassette deck like i always hated cassettes because i couldn't skip around i could but you know you gotta you know fast forward stop hey, where's okay where's that for stop. Oh, I got to do one a little bit. Uh, like, so it wasn't as fun instead of, you know, just, you know, hit a button, next track, next track, here we go. Mm-hmm. So now it's, you know, when I put on a vinyl or I put on a cassette or even now a CD, like I am committing myself to listening to albums all the way through. Mm-hmm. And like, that has helped me like discover music that I ne- I wasn't really exposed to. Like one thing that like, it was my album of the year for this year. And I and I, I say that it's like through uh, through uh, Apple's Rewind thing. I didn't listen to this album until, like, uh, till not October, but, uh, like, April or May. And it turned out to be, like, the one album that I listened to the most. And that was that's Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Oh, wow. Like, that is such a good fucking album. Like, that, it was one of those, like, I always, like, see this around. It seems like like, like this iconic album cover and all this kind of stuff. So it was like, a really big album on the way home from work, which like, I have a, like a perfect drive home from work. If I'm going to listen to like older albums, cause it's about 40 minutes.
2: Oh uh, yeah. That's like the, the sweet spot.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn this on. I'm going to like put my phone away. I'm going to take my watch off. Like I'm going to make sure like there's no distractions. I want to listen to this album. And when I was done, I was like, yep, I get it. I, I get why this is such a big album. And, yeah, now I do that with a, a, a bunch of stuff, even like with the five disc CD changer, I'll throw in five albums, hit play. And I just like start doing work. And it's been, it's it been dumb. so much fun.
2: I, I only, I'm guilty of only listening to music when I drive, when I'm at the gym or sometimes when I'm at the store, if I don't have anything playing on the TV, uh, I need to get better, especially since we do have a record player in a small collection. I, I recently found out I really like listening to records while I'm cooking. Hmm. Um, it's just like a record players in the living room. It, it's not far from the kitchen, but it's like, it's kind of a hassle, but I, I might honestly just talk to Brittany about putting the record player in the kitchen or in like the, the dining room. Yeah. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. Cause I really like listening to records while I cook, um, to go back to what you said about things going from streaming to being, taking off streaming. I don't buy DVDs really ever anymore. Um, they're just, they don't really fit with what we collect. Usually everything we want is on tape or Blu-ray, except I haven't been able to find a Blu-ray of the specific movie uh, called ATM. Uh, absolutely love the movie. I think it's streaming on Paramount, maybe. But I feel like it always comes and goes from streaming. I found it that McKay store I was telling you about last week instantly bought the DVD. And it is, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend watching it. It's a fantastic, like... Minimal location kind of thriller horror Christmas
0: movie, okay.
2: Yeah, Christmas is like I, Christmas is very light. I think they're like at a Christmas party once, uh, but yeah, fantastic
0: movie. I, I still collect Actually, DVDs. Um, I don't say collect because like I just, I would say I like I collect like physical media, but like there's definitely like VHS and vinyl that's probably like high priority. But if I find something on DVD, um, I'm not gonna scoff at it, especially like i have uh the universal monsters box set and i have Mm -hmm. i have it on dvd because there was like i want to say when i bought it back in 2020 maybe it was 2019 like i think it was 2019 but anyway the it was i want to say a hundred dollar price difference from dvd to blu-ray oh yeah so i was like (laughs) oh well i'm not expecting that much of like It to be better on blu-ray like it's probably like it would be somewhat similar on dvd fuck it i'll I'll save the money and buy it on dvd yeah
2: the so for the longest the only dvds i would buy were those like horror movie packs with like 10 50 however many (laughs) horror movies yeah yeah uh then a buddy of mine travis he worked on a movie called cyst and it got a a dvd release in walmart and it looked absolutely disgusting and i was like i have to find this (laughs) so then i I literally it was so cool i went to all these different Walmarts looking for it eventually broke down, just like looked on Walmart's website to figure out where it was, went to the Walmart the closest Walmart to me that had it bought it, but it was just so cool getting to do that in 2022, you know, um, recently really wanted to start rewatching Pete and Pete <laughs> uh, posted about that on Instagram. People tried to bust my head with prices for that. And I was like, I'll just wait, I'll, I'll find it at some point ended up finding season one on DVD at the store, like right up there from my house for 15 bucks. It's out of print. Like I understand why people want more money for it, but I got it for 15 bucks, you know? And then uh, this may, uh, fuck it. I'll say it. Uh, I've ran across, I was told about this account on Instagram account on Instagram called, uh, slime Tyrion collection. And he will, I'll just say that I have acquired all three seasons of Pete and Pete on Blu-ray because of this account uh do with that information what you will. Gotcha. But yeah. Uh and it's great. Uh, Brittany picked up something from him as well. I think it was like a, a Halloween mixtape situation on Blu ray. Uh and it's great. Stuff like that I love. Um oddly enough, like other than like the last four tapes that I've gotten, the most tapes that I've been buying or acquiring recently have been bootlegs or mixtapes because they're just so much fun.
0: Yeah, I could see that being something that it's basically a little different. Yeah, Another like my buddy. Incredible.
2: Yeah, my buddy Sal, uh PowerDad five thousand, he'll do like really cool uh like mixtapes compilations. Like he's done like headlocks and horror, where it's like uh horror trailers and like little horror like T V spots and then like wrestling matches and what and whatnot. Uh my buddy on Instagram, he's Be Kind Rewind five one five. He puts out great mixtapes. There's a bunch of people locally here that do really cool stuff. It's just I just appreciate seeing people create cool stuff and yeah. that's what i want to keep supporting
0: yeah i'm 100 percent the same way on shit like that and i i do i do follow uh or we follow each other uh be kind rewind i can't re- i think i gotta follow back from them and i can't remember how it was like r- randomly
2: yeah uh, i want to say he did tapes for black label pro
0: okay yeah or someone yeah i think yeah, he did uh he's done like mixtapes before. Cause didn't he didn't he do the Billy Stark's mixtape too?
2: Yes. Yes. He he did a Billy one. Uh he's a great dude. Uh we've uh he actually came in super clutch with me and provided me with a copy of Terrifier on VHS. Uh and he's done he's done some amazing work. Uh he was able to he randomly hit me up one day he was like, What's a movie that's not on tape? that you would like to have on tape. And I said, Oh, we just watched this movie host and Brittany really liked it. And I was like, this would be a cool birthday present. So we hooked, we, you know, we did the deal. I got the copy of host. I think that might've been one of his first times making a slipcase or a, a boot. And, uh, it's fucking incredible. It's so good. There's so many good creators on the internet that are doing stuff with analog media. Um, that I, you know, they do it smart, uh, so they don't get in trouble or anything, but you know, it's just cool to see people create stuff, man.
0: Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That reminds me of like, you just have to talk about slipcase Cause I remember, uh, not to like get off the topic, but, uh, I had, it was the day after we watched the ring, we were at toy Hayo and found the ring there and it was like this halfway see through slip case. And I'm like, that's cool. I want it just because of that
2: yeah that's I love that slipcase that and Joni mnemonic has one that's like the the upper portion is a uh, is see- through and it's so sick,
0: and like that was like towards the end of the v h s popularity
2: mhm yeah that would that would have been that' have been close to the tail end i think there so there's a debate uh I'm sure somebody listening will know for sure. Uh, there's a debate between like a history of violence being the last VHS and cars, the Disney or Pixar or whatever movie. Yeah. Uh, I know cars can, can consistently sell for like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Which is insane.
0: Yeah. I think anything like late like that would do that. And I, I want to say I've heard cars goes for insane.
2: Yeah. I know at one point unsealed, It was going for a grand. I can only imagine it's gone up since the whole sealed craze has popped off again.
0: You know, one thing I've learned with with vinyl, like supposedly, uh, depending on how it is, like you don't want to keep your vinyl sealed. Really? Yeah. Like if if vinyl has been sealed for too long, like the the shrink wrap could make like potentially like shrink more. Oh, and like kind of constrict. Yeah. And it it could fuck with a record to where you're pulling it yeah. out and it's, it's already kind of warped.
2: You know, I could, I could see that. Cause I feel like I've, I don't know if they were like resealed or just like very old seal, but I feel like that makes a lot of sense because you'll see some sealed records with bent corners. And I'm sure that comes from the, uh the shrink wrap <laughs> yeah. restricting over time,
0: which I say yeah, that, I've never thought I, of that. When I say that I do have some like ICP vinyl that I have yet to open. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Uh, do I want to open them? But I I will say like, I mean, I think I've mentioned this before, like how ICP is so highly collectible, like Mm -hmm. their vinyl is insane. Like we, we talked about previously that like there was two of the original Joker cards that, you know, they were going for like a pretty penny. Well, now there's a couple more and like, I own, like one of them is the great Malenko goes for a few hundred Yes, and I have two copies. I have, uh, the red cover and the green cover and both of the, the vinyl are that color. So like, do I, do I sell one or, or, or what, but hold out for a little bit. Oh yeah. hold um, out. But seeing like physical media go for that is insane. Like, I don't know if I've, I've talked about it with you, but it's something that's been a, a thing that I've talked about a lot. Like the movie spice world mm-hmm. is not on streaming right now. It hasn't been on streaming for a while physical media copies of it spent well mostly dvds are like 50 dollars.
2: that's insane
0: for yeah for a movie like spice world like holy shit and i own a copy
2: i think uh i think it's is it dogma where the dvd or the blu-ray is like crazy expensive
0: it's the blu-ray because it's it's definitely not the dvd because i got two copies of it on uh okay on uh dvd so there are people that'll try to tell you that like any physical media copy of it is, is worth a lot of money. But it when it comes down to it, it's just the uh, Blu-ray because I think gotcha. it might've been released like right around the time shit happened with Weinstein to oh. where like, I don't think it was out long because like, it's, it's like a hard thing to find because that makes sense. Yeah. Weinstein owns that movie. What a bummer. Yeah. I, I like mean, that dude. I mean, I have a fiscal, I have fiscal copies of it. So, I want to watch it, I, I could I like, I could watch it.
2: I think I have a VHS of it somewhere to think, the surprise of probably no one at this point.
0: I think I have a VHS copy of it. I might've bought it from you. I'm trying, I'm trying to complete that collection. I've been wanting to do that for like over a year, maybe about a year and mm-hmm. a half of having every Jay and Silent Bob VHS movie, which is pretty much just clerks to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Cause I think by the time they did clerks to VHS definitely wasn't a thing. Or at least it wasn't a thing that they were going to release Clerks Two on.
2: Yeah, I think that I think the last tape was like oh five oh six. Yeah, Clerks, Clerks Two
0: was late oh six.
2: Okay, yeah, so they probably weren't even thinking about it. They were probably going straight to trace the
0: DVD. Actually, it might have came out early 07, because I'm thinking when the movie released, movie released late o, uh like late summer oh six. So I want to say the DVD was early oh seven.
2: Man, so, I can't believe it's been that long. Have you seen Clerks three? I have not. I and this is probably going to sound blasphemous to a lot of people, but I have no desire.
0: Have you Have you seen one? And, have you seen one and two?
2: I have. I didn't like one. Uh, two was fine. My favorite Jay and Silent Bob or Kevin Smith movies are Mallrats and Dogma.
0: Okay, I'm gonna say this. Give three a chance because I'll say like when it comes to like a movie that I enjoyed more. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be two, but there is a little bit more of a serious filmmaker approach here for Clerks Three. Okay, and yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say. Like, if you get a chance to see it, maybe rent it or something. Like, do it. I went, to, I okay. went, to, I went to theater to go see it, and like, I was shocked. Like,
2: they, uh, how good it was. There was a showing here that I think Kevin Smith was at. Nice. Uh, the Bell Court, I think. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, because I think uh, I think some I think the guys I went to see Terrifier two with went to that because uh, they're big Kevin. I was actually just in a uh, I don't know exactly how much I can say, but I was just a part of a short film um, that uh, the guy who did it was very inspired by Kevin Smith. And I think the story will come off very, uh, very Kevin Smith esque.
0: Gotcha. Uh,
2: I can uh, I can send you the trailer when we're done. You can get a. Uh, I found out during the, uh, the making of this, that when I was supposed to act scared, I don't do a very good job of pretending to look scared uh, <laughs> because I just don't know how to look scared, I guess, uh, as like dumb as that sounds. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it was a fun concept. I'm hoping, uh, hoping it'll be, I don't know how they're going to release it. I don't know if it'll be, uh, he talked about doing some physical stuff to, you know, to put a danger zone and then like just to give out to certain people. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a really fun experience, and uh, we got to talking, and dude was like, yeah, I, I fucking love Kevin Smith, and, you know, I've, I've wanted to do something like this, and it, it's just very Kevin Smith-inspired.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. Did you ever uh, a, Did you ever watch Powerbomb? Watch what? The horror movie Powerbomb, the one that was made locally in Cleveland, has a lot of, well, had, was shot partially during j Weekend one year. I have not seen it. Um, I I was an extra in the movie. I want
2: to say when I was at McKay's last week, they may have had a copy of that, and I thought about getting it. And I don't know why. I'd, I I recently just like saw a physical copy of that movie. Maybe it was at the Wrestling Universe.
0: Oh, thank you. I need a physical copy of it. I have it only digitally because like when it was okay. first released, it was. Uh, it was basically digital release only Mm -hmm. uh, because I think they were trying to like shop it to like certain streaming services and everything. But eventually there was like physical copies, but I've had, I know I've had to order one, but it's like, it's at the top of my list. Like, is it like the best movie ever? No, but knowing the directors and like having like the cameos of, you know, M dog, Dick justice, Greg iron, um, Ricky Shane, Page, Britt Baker, like, a lot of wrestlers, like, did, like, these crazy cameras, and if you think of, like, about, like, actually Britt Baker, like, she was a nobody, kind of, when, when it was shot, and by the time the movie came out, she was in AEW.
2: Right. God, what a crazy, just, like,
0: trajectory for her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I find the trailer for that, I might send it to you.
2: I think I watched the trailer, because I remember you posting about it. I want to say I've at least seen the trailer, but yeah, feel free to send it to me. If I, uh, if I go back to McKay's anytime soon or happen to run across it again, I'll just pick it up for you. Nice.
0: All right. We always try to like not go as long and here we are like, uh, let me see. We are. Yeah. Almost two hours fucking in. God <laughs> Uh, but let's get into the fave five questions. Hey, this is Booker T five time champ. And this is the fave five questions. Now, can you dig it? all right, this is going to be a little bit different as in I'm actually going to only ask you five questions, but these are five questions that I have never asked before. And I have come up with them strictly for this episode. I might never, ever use them again. Uh, question number one, what is the worst Christmas movie you've ever seen? Oh, fuck. The worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. You want me to give you mine? Cause mine's really easy. <sighs> yeah. By the time this comes out, people will have heard me talk about it on uh, the previous episode, but it is 100% Polar Express. Hmm.
2: Oh man.
0: worst Chris? I'm trying to think, damn, you've actually got me pretty stumped. <laughs> I mean, there has to be like a Christmas movie you've seen where you're just like, Oh my God, that sucked.
2: Um, I can tell you what, one I'm tired of. Um, but I don't know if I have one that I just outright hate. Oh, wait. Actually, Christmas Twister was pretty bad. Okay. I forgot I watched that. Christmas oh. Twister was pretty bad. But uh, I am kind of just sick of a Christmas story. But that's because I grew up in a house where my mom would have every TV on and it would be on the Christmas story marathon. So I just like that got run into the ground real quick for me.
0: All right. I'm from Northeast Ohio. And we don't talk bad about. Christmas
2: story (laughs) look 24 hours of that bitch being on the TV I was ready to pull my hair out at like age eight
0: it's it's a movie that like that's the only time I want to watch it is during the marathon like I own multiple copies of it I do want to say VHS DVD and Blu-ray but I still would rather watch it during the marathon than anything that's fair
2: there there is a bit of nostalgia for that for me like I'll watch it once maybe once like maybe like just half of it just to get my fix for the season other than that because there is a part of me that loves punishing myself for whatever reason so uh i will at least try to catch half of it at least uh but yeah if i had to give outright worst christmas twister was pretty god-awful
0: i did i did a list on the last episode uh for me and uh brock from smoking jays barbecue we talked about our best and worst the list that I had are, uh, Prancer, uh, da, 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 I know I'm missing one cause I can think of the other two really quick. Uh, let me see. Oh, uh, Jack Frost, not the horror movie. I've yet to see the horror movie, but the Michael Keaton one,
2: the horror movie's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I want to, because of the confusion, I, I definitely want to watch it. Um, uh, I already mentioned polar express. That's my number one, but the one that. I don't think it's as crude as a lot of people say is uh, Christmas vacation.
2: Yeah. I, I can watch that once every few years and be okay with not watching again for a few years. I, I mean, if I'm going to watch a Christmas movie, it's going to be home alone. One, one and two jingle all the way. Charlie Brown, Christmas, the animated Grinch, uh, any Rankin Bass stuff So if I can find um, stuff like that.
0: God, you mentioned my top three. The only ones you didn't mention, like, well, you're not going to mention Christmas story. But my uh, after that, my number five, the only one not mentioned is the Santa Claus.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Tim Allen. Yeah, that's a that's a classic that. And I've really come around on Elf over the last few years too. Brittany loves Elf. So, uh, yeah, Elf is Elf is good. Popo. (laughs) I really only watch that if she puts it on, though, like I don't go out of my way to watch it, but it's fine.
0: It's definitely once every year or two, just depending on what other movies we are watching. But Mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, question number two. Favorite pizza. Favorite pizza. Um, here lately, I've
2: been a uh, a fan of just a, a really good. Ooh, okay. I actually have a couple different answers to this. One, uh, recently, I have just kind of reverted back to just being a fan of just a really good plain cheese pizza. Um, but if I'm gonna get toppings, it'll probably be some sort of like either supreme or the works situation. Or, uh, pepperoni, jalapeno, banana peppers. Uh, but we did just get this new pizza spot where I live called pinky ring pizza and they have a red pie that is just so fucking good. It's like, it's, it's like a thinner style pizza. I wouldn't call it like technically like New York style, but it's a thinner, it's a thinner uh, slice. Um, but it is so good
0: for me. My favorite regular pizza, just like, like, toppings-wise is uh, pepperoni, sausage, and mushroom. Okay. Amanda's not a huge fan of sausage, so we settle with pepperoni and mushroom. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of a good barbecue chicken pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, i trying to think of what other ones that I've had, that, like, specialty pizzas that are just so good, like...
2: Papa John's cheeseburger pizza was fire. I don't know if they still do it, but if they do, I'm going to need to smash one of those soon. Uh, I'll and barbecue pizza is one that I'd never really think about until I see, but it is, it is also very good.
0: There was a place that I was trying to get tonight that, uh, they were doing this special of like all these, uh, special pizzas mm-hmm. because like normally they're closed on Mondays, but the crew came up with like their own menu and like, like all these pizzas, like, I mean, they all sound pretty good, but the one that I, I was actually asked to get from, uh, my, my one boss cause his wife is one of the people that helped create it. It's a Hibachi pizza, Uh cheese fried rice and steak finished with sesame seeds, green onions and yum yum sauce.
2: Uh, yeah, I would 100% eat that.
0: There's also a uh, caramel apple pie, which I guess is going to be more like a pizza. There's a chicken and waffles pizza, shrimp, uh, shrimp, Alfredo, fettuccine Alfredo pizza, PB and J pizza, uh, chicken pot pie pizza and a, a pesto pizza.
2: I'd, uh, I'd definitely give that PB and J a run the, just to see how weird it is. I thought,
0: uh, East of Chicago used to have that. I don't know. If, do they have East Chicago down there?
2: Uh, I don't think so. I've never seen it down here at
0: least. Cause I, I know they, I swear they had a PB and J pizza. I could be wrong. I, n- I never had. It. I mean, I, they're my go-to for barbecue chicken pizza,
2: man. We used to have, um, oh man, what was it called? pie five uh, i don't know if you guys had pie five at all but no. it was kind of like quick quizno subway for pizzas okay uh, you, you could kind of just like make your own and it was like personal size um and i know the joke like any, any pizza is a personal pizza if you really try hard enough but like <laughs> they were they were smaller uh so it was like the perfect size to just smash one by yourself real quick and i always got a barbecue pizza there because they were just always so good
0: all right, question number three that I do want to say that I'm kind of stealing off my friend uh, Stacy from Super Fantastic Podcast, but since I'm not going to have this as a recurring question, and I know you have both, uh, cats or dogs? Oh, fuck. Um, I have
2: nine lives tattooed across my stomach, so I think I have to go with cats, but I do also love dogs.
0: I I was a dog person for a very long time, but the past like few years, I've become a little bit more of a cat person. And well, for part of this recording, Dexter was sitting in here and he left, ended up coming back in, tried to walk over the the mixer again. And I was like, don't, no, don't do it. And he kind of like, was like, all right, I'm just going to leave then. But I've like, I've grown more attached to them. And the fact that now that we've also like rescued a cat, mm-hmm. like that's, that was my first rescue like ever of any animal, because any animal I've had before that was either like bought through a breeder Technically I never bought one at a pet store, but an ex had a dog that she bought through a pet store. Mm -hmm. Um, Dexter, we got from a family member of Amanda's who their cat just had kittens. Uh, Zul was uh, a dog that that was a a breeder dog. And like, I think they uh, were done with her breeding or they were done breeding French bulldogs and they got rid of her. So like being able to like walk into a shelter, find an animal, cat and like take it home like and like giving it like this second chance on life and like having a home and everything it's it's to a point where like i've mentioned this to amanda but i don't think she could do it i would love to when we ever get a house like take in senior cats oh wow because like nobody wants a senior cat but if you you know you i mean you got to be ready for like those moments and everything you know when they eventually pass but you know if you get like another uh, a two years out of them and you know like you show them like, Hey, you know what love is and all that kind of stuff like that's, I think that's worth it. Like, is it going to be sucked? Is it sucked like to buy an animal and know like, Hey, they're going to die soon. Yeah. But I don't know. I I least
2: giving them like the last little bit of time they have to be comfortable and safe and, you know, get to at least enjoy their last little bit of time.
0: Yeah. It's like, I want them to live the last two years in our house, potentially, you know, actually like pass away in our house instead of, you know they just die at the shelter
2: yeah
0: and we, uh, nobody wants that
2: no I, I told you off air that uh we had been taking care of the stray um and, you know we we got him fixed or britney got him fixed uh he's microchipped he's been dewormed uh we joked about like wow if he ever makes it in the house like my cat boots she's older she's probably technically a senior cat at this point but she used to be very territorial. Now she's more chill. And the joke was, if we named this fucking cat Greg. uh, (laughs) His name is Greg Fernandez. Uh, So we always joked if Greg ever got in the house, Boots would probably just tear him up. Boots doesn't really care. Uh, So he'll come in for a while. He's finally like, he was stubborn to lay on anything comfortable, but now he's finally found a couple spots on the couch he likes. Uh, And it's cool to see him finally just kind of like trust us. Like when I got home last night, he was inside and he like greeted me, which was cool. Yeah. So he's getting a little less skittish, uh, a little more comfortable. And it's really cool to see that he's a, he's a real sweet cat. He loves Wednesday. Like he will just rub up on Wednesday constantly. <laughs> like she tries to go to the bathroom and she like Greg's outside in the back with her. And he's like, just rubbing on her to the point where we got to go pick him up and just be like, let Wednesday go to the bathroom, man. <laughs> uh, but he's a sweetheart. He, uh, Still kind of scared of people, but he's really, really warmed up to me and Brittany.
0: Like, I think it took like six months for Brownie to fully warm up. Like I say fully as in like, like he, I mean, obviously like he would be around us, but the time that I woke up in the middle of the night and Brownie had jumped into bed with us for the first time and was like cuddling with me. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God. Like, like he's like really finally comfortable and like he did stuff after that, that like showed it like he was opening up more and more but now like he's he's just like a cat that loves being here he'll uh he always like cuddles with amanda like whether it be like soon as she gets home or like she'll like sit down in her chair or, like brownie comes up like lays on her chest or and like she'll he'll do that in bed too like it he's such a sweetheart and like I've had the conversation many times between her and I that as as mean as it sounds like I'm kind of happy that his former owners like lost him.
2: Yeah. Cause now you're able to give him the, the comfortable home that you're able to give him.
0: Yeah. Cause the, the story we have from him that like he was found in a pond in West Virginia. Oh, so it's just like, I don't, or we don't know exactly what like caused him to be there, but you know, I, I would hate to be that owner and be like, you know, where's this cat that I potentially love so much, but you know, their loss was, was our gain. And, that, oh, yeah. and now he's like, you know, he's like, you know, part of the household and he's, he's amazing. I love him.
2: We, uh, we have no idea where Greg came from, <laughs> but now he's sitting here licking my knuckle. Uh, I don't know why he's licking my knuckle, but he's licking my knuckle. He does this thing where he'll walk past you and then he'll just flop over on the floor cause he wants you to pet his belly and he will let you pet his belly for hours.
0: Do you ever wonder like what his original name was or um, is? Cause that's something yes. that we talk about,
2: but I also don't know if he ever had an original name. Cause I, I kind of feel like we have a lot of strays on our road. Okay. Um, so he may have just been like some bastard cat. Yeah. Uh, that was like bread, not bread, but like two strays, you know, got together and out came Greg. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a little, he's a little goober.
0: That's something we talk about with Brown. Cause obviously we, we believe he had an owner before he got, before he found himself in that pond. So we're just like, what do you think the name was? Cause the name, the shelter gave him was Carter. And we're like, we don't like that name Carter. Carter. Yeah. That's worse than Greg. <laughs>
2: Greg's Greg is somehow funny. I don't know how, but uh, what Brittany said when the vet said Greg Fernandez, she could not laugh.
0: All right. Question number four, favorite action movie. Oh, uh,
2: T2 hands down.
0: I feel like I need to revisit that one. It's been a while. T2 is a movie
2: I can watch literally at any point.
0: And I think I'm pretty sure I have it on DVD. I've had it on DVD for a long time. One, two, I think, and three. You know
2: how you used to ask the hot take question? Yeah. I'll give you one on the house. Uh, Every Terminator movie is good. Some are just better than others. And I think T2 is probably the best one. Uh, but there, are, I think there's like six or seven of them. I watched them all last year. Uh, I think after I had surgery or before I had surgery. Uh, and they're all good. They just, they kind of get out there. And if you can keep up with the stories, then they're, they're a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. It's been, it's been a while since I've sat down and watched all of them. I think I would really like to watch a double feature of one and two, either at the drive in or at the theater.
2: That'd be a long night. I think, uh, I don't remember how long the first one is, but the second one I think is just over two hours. And I think the first one might be longer than the second one. And if I remember right, the first one's pretty pretty slow in comparison. Oh yeah. But it, it needs to be to you know, to build that story up.
0: Let me see that's so I'm trying to pull it up, uh how long that movie is. Hour forty seven.
2: Oh. Okay.
0: Oh yeah. Second is two and a half hours.
2: There it is. I knew one of them was over too. I couldn't remember which one. The second one doesn't watch like it's that long to me though. I just get so invested in it. It's just like it's over before I realize it. Uh, Honorable mention though to uh, T2 would be Deadly Prey, Cliffhanger, and uh, fuck. What is that movie called? Mm, I lost it. I can't remember. But Deadly Prey and whatever the other one I said. Oh, Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger is one I watched recently and really enjoyed. Good Stallone flick.
0: Would, would you consider um, Bloodsport action? Uh,
2: yeah, I'd say action, martial arts. I'd probably say more action than anything.
0: That, that's definitely one of my favorites. Oh, I was told uh, to watch that forever, and when I finally did, I was like, all right, I, 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 I get the hype. I get why I was pushed to watch it. It's fucking awesome.
2: So so far, my favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie would probably be Hard Target. Hard Target was a lot of fun.
0: All right. Last question. Uh, this one might be a little bit harder for you to think of off the top of your head, but might not be. Uh, give me your uh, top five albums that you can listen to all the way through.
2: Okay. Um, touche Amore, Stage 4. This is going to be out of order. Touche Amore, Stage 4. Um, I wish I could look at my Spotify right now. Um, this isn't that hard for me, but it is right now. Um Touche more stage four Taylor Swift nineteen eighty nine. There's this band from I don't I think like they they shared members between Ohio and Kentucky called uh, Tradition. Their album No Home I could listen to all the way through anytime. And fun fact, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, so I still have the CD of it. Um, I know I'm going to answer this and then be like, damn, I should have said this. Um, trying to think. I've got a few show flyers hanging up here in the hallway. See if that jars anything. Um, I said Taylor Swift, Touche Moore, Tradition. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I've been listening to lately because I fall into patterns where I listen to I'm like a a, a serial repeater listener for certain things. Um, and I'm trying to think of what I was listening to. Oh, I no I'm not going to say that. Um, yeah, this is harder than I thought it would be mostly because I just drew a blank. Shoot me, uh, shoot me your five and I'll come back with my last two.
0: Um, much like you in no particular order. ICPs, the great Malenko kiss destroyer. Uh, Fleetwood Mac Rumors, Michael Jackson Thriller. That was another album that I didn't listen to all the way through until this year. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm this I understand why this is the uh biggest selling album of all time. Like there's <laughs> I didn't realize like all the hits, like all these hits were on here. Like I knew Thriller. I didn't know it's fucking like, like I didn't know Billie Jean was also on here too. Um uh, what was my fifth one? Cause I've changed my list a little bit. For this one, I'll say um Metallica's Ride the Lightning.
1: Okay. Hmm.
0: An honorable mention would be for me because I, I already mentioned one Kiss album, and this is technically a Kiss album, but it's Ace Freely's solo album. Didn't it's you awesome. just see Ace Freely? Yeah, I just saw uh, him solo live. It was, it was fun. Uh, father-in-law got me and him tickets for Christmas. That's awesome. And we were front row. Oh, damn. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. And It was in this small uh, venue that long time ago used to be a theater and now like they'll have like certain like stage shows like that Mm -hmm. so um yeah that was that was like really fun to sit down and watch it on a side note too like ironically how like this year also like Wilkman got into kiss Mm -hmm. I
2: saw that and that kind of threw me off (laughs) oh man what
0: is this fucking record called when when he said something about like getting into them this year I was kind of like you too (laughs)
2: um so with my with my top five i'm just going with stuff that i've that's been in pretty heavy rotation for the last year uh that tradition record is a bit different because it's been i still know even without listening to it for years i still know probably 80 percent of the words um and i could listen to it whenever it's just i don't have a cd player in my car um Uh, There's a band called Title Fight, and I really wish I could remember the name of the record that I like, but it's got, like, Head in a Ceiling Fan. Uh, I'm trying to remember other songs on there without, like, looking it up on my phone right now. But there's a Title Fight record I've been listening to a lot, so that's four. What else? Oh, uh, fuck, I'm stupid. Uh, Drug Church. Uh, Their records... um, hygiene and cheer are two of my favorite records of all time. Usually if I listen to one, I follow up with the other one. Um, so actually as much as I enjoy that title fight record, I will say tradition, no home, uh, Taylor Swift, 1989, uh, drug church, cheer, drug church, hygiene, and then whatever the other one I had was, (laughs)
0: Do you still listen to ghost?
2: Uh, Sometimes. Yeah, I actually, uh, I had a, I have a ghost song, um, on the playlist I was listening to on the plane this weekend. It's a, it's a collaboration with, I can't remember her name, but it's a a slower version of he is. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, I still listen to ghost periodically.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't, a lot of people kind of like got out of them. Um, probably within the past, like two albums.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah it started even earlier than that. Like when they, they were on some late night show a while back. And uh, a lot of people that I knew that liked ghosts kind of had flip flopped on them at that point. I, I stayed mostly like I enjoyed the music, but I I started listening to it less and less, not because I didn't like them, but just, I was finding other things to listen to. Mm -hmm. And then Brittany got into them and it kind of re restarted my love of ghost. Uh, But yeah, I I still listen to them from time to time.
0: Yeah. Their, their new album is, interesting uh thing that i like about it though is like i feel like i have to listen to it all the way through mm-hmm. like 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 that's how it was meant to be like it kind of i've i mentioned this recently where it's like it's kind of a, I don't want to say a concept album but like it it feels like it's uh something similar to either a concept album or a story album to where it just it just like fits like it's like a like a play
2: right yeah, and I—I I mean, like that makes sense for them because they are, you know, they're a very theatrical band. Uh, so that—I mean—that makes sense.
0: But I liked—I liked prequel too. Like, actually, I've been kind of debating for a little while of like finally picking up prequel on uh, vinyl because there's a a place in Kent, like not too far from me, that uh, they have a couple copies of it. And mm-hmm. the past few times I've been there, they—they they still have it. I'm like, oh man, like that was. That was the first album that I listened to where I was like trying to get into Ghost and like I loved Rats and a few other songs off that album and to the point of like I listened to the album for the first time in a while like about a week ago and I was like yeah like I still like really love like, love this album like it's just it has been a while since I've sat and enjoyed it. I'm like yeah it still clicks with me still still fucking love it
2: I still think and I, this is going to be a, a painfully hipster statement to make. Uh, and I hate that it's that way, but i I still think their first full length might be my favorite record they put out uh just because looking back at how much they've grown, like I don't know if you would expect a record like that to come from them because it's like it's it's pretty high production, but for what they go on to do, it's like not as high of production uh and it's just like it's a little dirtier, it's a little like darker. Uh, less poppy, which I, I mean, and I actually kind of tend to really love their poppier stuff like dance macabre. Love it. Yeah. Um, they they did, I think a little cover EP. Uh, I think it was called if you have ghost uh, that's really, that's, I'd say it's a tie. It's a toss up between that and the first record that are like my favorite releases from them.
0: All right. That's uh that is our, uh God, we cannot keep these under an hour and a half. you <laughs> are horrible we at this. We got a lot
2: going on, man. Yeah.
0: Any uh, final thoughts, last minute plugs before we go?
2: Uh, no, man. Uh, I just I appreciate you having me on for the fifth year. Um, it's always it's always fun when we get to do this because it also gives us a chance to catch up a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, we you know we both stay pretty busy with our respective lives, um, but I appreciate you even you know thinking of me to keep this tradition going. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to check out anything I'm doing, uh, I don't have Twitter anymore, so you don't got to worry about that. You can just find me on Instagram at Danger Zone Video for all things Danger Zone related, at VHS Party Tonight for movies and dumb shit, and then at Righteous Jesse on Instagram for uh, the occasional wrestling post and just like the occasional life dump as well.
0: Yeah, the. Awesome coming on for the fifth year in a row. I think this is your, that would be your sixth appearance on the show.
2: I am I the person with the most appearances, like uh, outside uh, of like the hosts,
0: outside of people who are like regular panelists. I, I want to say yes. Derek might be the closest. Cause I've had two interviews with him. He was on with the production. And when we did a review of a show at the after party he was on it so i think that gives him four he's gonna come for my crown i know it (laughs) but yeah like i I love doing this like you said it's like it gives us a chance to uh catch up a little bit like we we talk time to time but yeah again we're busy but i always make sure you know i'm supporting you with uh buying vhs tapes and like especially like i remember when i saw that you had Spice World and I've been looking for Spice World on VHS, even though like I said, I own it on i D. I'm like, I just I, to me, I always love that cover. That's the VHS. And mm-hmm. I got a later uh reissue of the D V D. So it's not the same cover. And I'm like, I really want I really want the VHS. So like when I finally seen someone had and it was you of all people, I was like, oh dude, like how much for it? I want it. We'll we'll work shit out. And uh, I finally like it was I bet, it had been sitting here for a year, the box of shit that I needed to send you. Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: I forgot about that. I was like, what? I was like, what is this box? It was <laughs> I, a very pleasant surprise.
0: And I think it's when you, you might've be, when you sent me spice world, like our packages crossed in the mail.
2: Yeah. Cause I I remember getting that your the box from you, like shortly after I had sent out that spice world, now that you bring
0: it up. So yeah. And I, what did you do with the uh, movie gallery star Wars? Uh,
2: uh, I've still got it actually. Okay. Cause movie gallery was uh, as, as much as I, don't really care for Star Wars. Uh, movie Gallery was the video store that I went to the most as a kid. So I've actually still got that. Uh, I think it's. Is it? I think it's in here. Let me look. I might know. Yeah, it's on the uh, the couch in the VHS room right now, with a bunch of other things that I need to find homes for. I've been slowly trying to thin out some of my collection so I can make room for other things. That being one of them because I've got like got a couple video store, like, uh, rental cases, and that'll go with them as soon as I can get a shelf for them.
0: All right. Uh, those are all your plugs. And uh, of course you can find myself at Jay Summers three three zero on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and hive much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers and Instagram.com. Slash wrestling cheers email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And like I said earlier in this show, please rate, review, and subscribe if you're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. And, and all of those links can be found through the link tree link in the podcast notes. Check out our podcast friends. Such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The Indie Cast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Game Marks Podcast, Pop- Bob Jitsu, Power Driver Podcast, Fully Opposable, Positively Pro Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide. If you catch my grift, At Odds with Wrestling, Marks with Mics, Juggalo Rewind, Xover. This ends at Prom and Porch Talk, and check out our other. Non-podcasting friends such as The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Danger Zone Video in Juliet, Tennessee, Heart of Gold, Toy Hire Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And Merry Christmas.
1: Happy Holidays. Later.